Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you. Happy New Year, constant listeners, and welcome back to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast presented by the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, the only horror podcast network that matters. Believe it or not, but it's now 2022, which means two things. On one hand, it means the start of a whole new season, season six to be exact. But on the other hand, it means we've been hitting record and talking Stephen King for five whole years Five years, half a decade, 1,825 days, 43,800 hours, 2,628,000 minutes. Uh, yeah. Well, you get Two million minutes? Two million minutes. I don't yeah. believe that. 2.6 million minutes. So well, I'm talking about the whole time it's, that's, that, that's progressed. Not just all we've been hitting record, but, you know, look, it's been five years. Oh, you get, okay. I thought you meant, like, episode. <laughs> no, God, no, no, no. If that's the case, oh, we we're, oh, that's we're pretty long. We've certainly yeah, we not been a little long. I didn't know we went that long. Five um, years is like, five years, that's like a fifth of my life. That's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> to, 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 borrow, math here. To, to borrow from the great bard Robert Plant, it's been a long time, and to borrow from <laughs> poet laureate William Joel, it's still rock and roll to me. Uh, I you can't guys speak. love like just saying like, oh, from this Bruce Springsteen always said, life is hard. You know, just <laughs> the most basic statements ever. I know. Well, you know, look, I can pull some. I don't know. I'm not a lyrics guy, right? You know, so I can't, you know, I can't go pull off some deep lyric like Caffrey can because he's heard a song 30 years ago and he still remembers the fucking lyrics. But for like easy songs that are usually the lyrics that are the same as the title of the song. I'm good to go. So, you know, I'm going for that. But uh, look, you know, I don't think I, I don't think we're all alone. I mean, I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment of thinking that this is all great and gravy. Um, but we're going to find out today because uh, we are going to be doing two things. We're going to be, well, maybe three. We're going to close the book on last year, season five. And then we're going to look ahead at the beam that's going to take us into season six in this year of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Uh 2022 uh and along the way you know we can meditate on how much older we've become no uh, i already did that with hearts and atlantis <laughs> i know well maybe you could meditate on how much wiser you've become um uh, or we could just kind of sit here and talk about how <laughs> you know or debate if we all grew up to be assholes or something anyway um let me introduce myself i am michael rose red rothman i'm going to shake things up this year and Ooh. that's a little tease of what's to come. Uh, lending a hand today, our first episode of 2022, is a cadet that I don't think needs any introductions. You've already heard them. We've all <laughs> talked. Uh, but formality, you know, formality's sake, let's go around and introduce ourselves. Randall, does it feel uh, like five years to you? Hey, this is uh, Rose Randall Colburn. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, I might make that my 2022 mantra. 
Well, I'm doing rose red, so I guess we're just going to both do rose over I think and over we're going to have to be at odds on this one. Oh, my um, God. Twinsies. So, uh, I think this is going to be a rose, a rosy year. Um, oh. <laughs> it's the, yeah, I love that out of, that's probably like the least notable thing we're covering this year. But uh, <laughs> so, no, no, five years. No, it doesn't feel like five years. Time isn't real. Nothing feels real anymore. Um, we recorded our episode on the stand yesterday. Uh, yeah. I, you know, we recorded our, our recaps of the stand TV series yesterday. Yeah. Every, it all you know, feels it, together. Yeah. You know, it is wild to think about it. Um, and just like, I, I almost started going down, a down a Proustian reverie. So let's, uh, let's move on. <laughs> we'll move on then. Uh, Caffrey, are you reeling in the years to borrow from a f- favorite band of yours? Oh yeah. Hey, Steely Dan. Look, Stephen King, uh, we'll, we'll say since we're on the Dan train, I'm Dan Deacon Blues Caffrey for today, <laughs> uh, which gets quoted if I'm not mistaken in Christine. Cause you know, in Christine Alley has the, it's what teenage car songs, teenage love songs, teenage death songs. Mm-hmm. I know he quotes Deacon Blues, the lyric and die behind the wheel. Um, at the beginning of one of those. So today I'm Deacon Blues, but don't you worry, Dan Dracula Caffrey will be coming back. <laughs> Sick your teeth into of, season six. A lot of 2022. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not the first person to say this, but I think just given the past couple years we've had, right, time both moves very slowly and very fast all at once right now. Um, I think too, because I moved a lot over the past, I, I was in one place for 11 years and then I've lived in like three cities since then. Um, so that's like made things feel fast. It's weird. The podcast hasn't, I don't know. The podcast hasn't felt, it, I think it does feel fast to me because it's so joyous. You know, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. look at it like, oh man, five fucking years of hopping on, <laughs> on, on this goddamn blue Yeti again or whatever I used to use back in the day. And I do think, I don't know. I think too, because the pandemic, I mean, I, I, we've talked about this. It has become kind of this refuge for me a little bit. So it's it's been this like really fun thing to do. And the, I think the pandemic weirdly made the quality of the show get better too, because we all got mm-hmm. really used to doing it remotely. Yeah. Some technological things worked out in in ways that were like, it's so easy to do this on Zoom right now, um, easier than it was back in the day. So yeah, for me, I, I think overall, even the time in my own life has gone, has oscillated between slowness and fastness. I think the podcast, it definitely does not feel like five years to me and we're kind of doing the same shit we were doing back then right just that we're gathering much, and talking yeah. about an author we love i mean there's there's new faces I, I think we've gotten a little bit more savvy on how our product sounds and everything like that a lot of king things have happened and we've changed the format but it's like i i would like to think the reason that we keep coming back to it and also why people keep coming back to it and that the show keeps growing is because it does feel like coming home a little bit it does feel like popping in with old friends. I mean, that's what any podcast should feel like, right? That's why people listen to podcasts. But yeah, so for me, it's felt felt fast in in a good way. That's nice. Well, Jen, this is your third year with the show, believe it or not. Does it feel like this year going into your third year? You kind of (laughs) echo a lot of what Caffrey and Randall have been saying. Um, Yeah, kind of. Yeah, this is Jen Firestarter Adams. Maybe I'm going to change mine up a little bit. Coming soon from Blumhouse. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Stay tuned for some thoughts. Um, yeah, it does. It does. It feels like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I've told this sh- this story on the show or not, but like I've been listening since the very first episode. So like my friend texted me this article about this new podcast about Stephen King. And she was like, I think you might like this. And I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. Yeah. So I checked it out. So I listened to your first Carrie episode and listened to every episode since then. And you know, now I'm like part of it, which is, I didn't feel like part of it for a long time. And I think this is the year I finally felt like 
like I was like an actual member of the club, you know, that's a little my imposter syndrome coming out, but you know. Well, we so, yeah, always thought is... you were a club part of the club for three years. So oh. just know that. <laughs> we get in an argument like, well, we thought you we thought we were making a friendly home for you, but um fine. Oh, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> no, because kidding, of me. Like how many t- Mike, I used to text you after every oh, episode. I, know, I was yeah. like, does everyone hate me? Oh my god, I'm such an I was idiot. Like, no, they don't hate you. They had a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, I'd be like, let me screenshot it. No, um, (laughs) but I stopped doing that. I have not done that in a long time. Yeah, yeah. it it is honestly when you think about the pandemic and just how long we've even doing been doing it during that time. That's when I. It's kind of like it's like we were saying, Caffrey. Like when I think about the actual the 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 chronological reread, everything we've done doesn't feel like very long. But then when you think of the context of what's been going on in our life. I'm like, oh, wow, it feels like forever. Like, it does feel like a very long time. Like, I mean, there's just been so much that has changed. I mean, we started this in the first year of Trump's presidency. We were not out of that. We, we like, a big chunk of that was in the pandemic. We're, you know, we're two years into that already. You know, we're in the aughts for King's, in the, in the chronological reread. And granted, we were supposed to be probably a little bit further along based on <laughs> some of the readings that I've seen on our Excel spreadsheet. But, you know, I think it's, in hindsight, much the chagrin of a lot of our constant listeners, I think they'll respect the the detours that we went on. Uh, no pun intended, with considering the the dark tower detour we have. But I think if we had if we hadn't though, because I was actually thinking, looking at the um the books we'll be covering next year, which I know we'll go over in a second. When yeah. I was looking at where we got to, I was like, oh, I feel like we are kind of far along. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, I guess not. But then also, if we had just stuck to the book format, we would run out at a certain point. Like, I mean, yeah. we still will run out at a certain point. Be, um and have to think of wait but right because i mean i think like oh yeah we i think we would have we would have been if we would have kept it and especially the rate we were doing that first season i feel like we would have probably finished last year if not this year yeah and that's no fun you gotta no. keep the train rolling you know no were we doing also, them to every two weeks we were doing a book yes i think so yeah like when we first started that's so yeah. crazy i think the first yeah. time we did a real gap was with the stand because yeah. we were like, all right, well, this is going to take a while. <laughs> let's, like, let's take a breather. But the fact that we went from, because like, Carrie's a breezy read, but like Salem's Lot's not a short book. And the fact that like we knocked that out and then went right into The Shining right afterwards, I mean, it's pretty astounding. I'm, I'm, it's still impressive to see back like how you know voracious we were. Um, and it wasn't even like, even, and at the time you'd think like, oh, well, we had seven members. So oh, maybe three were on this one and four. Were on that. No, not so. All seven, like all of us gathered around <laughs> one mic. Like it's fucking crazy you know, not to get too emotional yet with a lot of this stuff, but like, this is the proudest thing. I, I, I mean, this is the thing I'm most proud of, like out of all the things I've done in like my entire life. Like I, 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 I love everything that we've done in the last five years. And I think there's a lot to unpack that we will. But first, before we get too fucking emotional and start crying and <laughs> seem like the ending is stand by me. Wait, can I tell you something really quick? Yeah. yeah so my it. friend Joe, she uh, messaged me on Instagram the other day and she's like, Oh my God. Um, a friend of mine said they, they were listening to the losers club and they're, they're going, there's this guy on there and he cries on the night shift episode and it's so sweet. And she was like, oh, that's my friend Dan. And and I, I although on one hand, I'm like, I think that's a really good episode and I think it's a cool turning point. On the other hand, I do think it became the cliche just for everyone to like cry on a podcast eventually. So I sort of like am embarrassed by it, even though it was like totally genuine and I wasn't like being calculated. And so I, I was, and I feel like my response was kind of, not, not shitty. I was just like, oh yeah, I'm like kind of embarrassed by that, blah blah blah. And then I'm like, oh, now I'm being like a macho asshole. Anyway, I just, oh. I just we all know that happens. You trend, Dan. <laughs> we all know you cried because that was like our seventh hour of recording. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was really hungry. I was like, please, please, because <laughs> that was during. It was like last rung on the ladder. I think you were talking about. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. we that we did like 
didn't we do two? Oh, it was, episode, it was all in one day. Two yeah. shifts, right? We did mm-hmm. like, okay, we're going to do the first half of the book. That's crazy now. Now we, we went to the Grafton for like an hour and then we're like, all right, back at it. <laughs> yeah. Fucking crazy. Um, and that was when we were like doing adaptations as well in the same episode. Oh, so, man. Yeah. Wow. Uh, fun times. But, um, you know, look, despite what Don Henley says. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got to keep those rocking drops coming. We must look back. We always have to look back. And if we're going to look back, you know, in five years, we really definitely got to look back at season five, um, which is a big one for us uh, for many reasons. We'll, we'll probably, un, uh, you know, extrapolate on. Um, so let's meditate on the greatest hits in King's Dominion for us, uh, whether it's our episodes, uh, whether it's the books we read, the shows we watch, the things that happen in King. I think the first thing that we got to decide for ourselves and just kind of kick around is just what was our favorite episode of 2021? And, you know, it doesn't have to be one episode. It could be like, you know, maybe the topic of episodes that you wanted to discuss or anything. But, um, Randall, for you, what was what was your favorite episode that you're most proud of uh, well, this year? I think um, I have one that's probably my answer for everything. So I'll just say it now and then set it aside, which was castle rock season three, episode one, yeah. which was uh, so fun. And I had a great time doing it and we all voice acted on it and we all did a great job. So that's, I, I'm going to throw that out. That was my favorite King ups. That was my favorite King episode. My favorite King adjacent episode, which spoiler alert is also a category here. But uh, I, I think the ones that stand out to me as, as episodes I'm, I'm particularly proud of was uh our coverage of the Dark Tower pilot and interview mm-hmm. with Glenn Mazzara, I thought was great. And um, um, I mean, all the book coverage, I think, has been really, really good. Uh, the bo- Bag of Bones books, uh, book episodes come to mind. I think we did a good job with a really frustrating book. And then um, I love Jen and Anna and I's. Uh, this kind of stemmed from our Desperation episode, which I also thought was great. Uh, where we talked about addiction and recovery. And then we, uh, Jen and Anna and I got together and made an episode about King and recovery. And I think that was a really cool episode that approached an interesting topic from an angle that, you know, isn't explored very often. And I think that's what is cool about the podcast is we can sort of find these little niches and, and, um, and weird angles to come at King. And I think that's what, you know, that's, those are the episodes I end up being most proud of, but you know what? There's not a bad one in the bunch. There really isn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's definitely ones where we go off track and it's like, holy shit, where the hell do we go? Um, like the Highwaymen bit this year. We were like, what the, I don't, most esoteric <laughs> bit. Which episode was that hot? I can't even remember It was like a now. bag of bones. Or no, it was like a- no, it, was it was Hollywood King. Yeah, it was oh, a Hollywood was King. so funny. And for some reason, dying. I think we were talking about Mr. Harrigan's phone and then all of a sudden we started getting into a digression about South by Southwest parties. I'm pretty sure the <laughs> listeners were like, all right, I'm out. Um, Can we do some like skit about- Yes, like, and, then, yeah. and then Kyle put in like machine gun sound effects too. <laughs> So yeah. we went all in on the audio drama. Oh, yeah, we were talking about – I remember why. Yeah. We, I'm, now I'm going to make us go down this again. But we were talking about the Pet cemetery party at South yeah. By, but how that they would just switch out the house depending on what the movie it was. And then I think you were like, oh, yeah, me and Randall were there there the day before, and it was a highway men party. Yeah. <laughs> and, we were, and then Justin was joking about, like, trying to eat food and drink, but they would have, like, reenactments of, like, prohibition. <laughs> 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 and, oh, that was a good uh, bit, yeah. yeah. Well, Catherine, what about – can drop in some more. Michelle. Yeah, right. We can just bring them back, Kyle. Uh, Caffrey, what about you? What was, uh, was the highwayman episode your favorite? <laughs> well, so yeah, because I, I was going to say, so my book episode, I had uh, uh, The Girl Loved Tom Gordon. I just felt like it was uh, it was our usual length, but it just felt so tight. Like everyone was just really firing on all cylinders. And I think, too, because that's a book, maybe as a kid, I didn't appreciate it as much, even though it's about a kid. And, and so I felt like it kind of 
came out victorious in the end, which was cool. I really just enjoyed talking about that book with you on re-examining it. Um, but I also had, I mean, if I'm going to just talk about the most fun and the, the product and everything, yeah, I also had Castle Rock, um, just the whole shebang. I, that, I, it's weird too, because my memories of listening to it, which are great, are also conflated with my memories of recording those lines and trying not to laugh. I mean, it was so... <laughs> funny and um randall kind of workshopping the script with everyone just sending it around and all of us suggesting like dumb king in jokes i mean it, it was su- and seeing all of them make it in it was such a blast and just totally unique and I, I think really speaks to the spirit of what the losers club is i mean obviously we talk about books and the king canon but i, I think we branch out in really interesting ways so that was those two for me tom gordon and uh and castle rock I'm gonna say. yeah honestly like the castle rock stuff was so much fun because like you were saying like we were there recording it we did the read-throughs and whatnot but what was really exciting was in like cat blackard who was editing you know doing a lot of the production when she would give us pieces of the episode or like drop the one you know part one or something like that being able to like push play and just not knowing what to expect every time was really just so fucking unique, especially given the fact that like most of the time we know exactly what's going to happen on every episode. Right. So like to be able to hear the level of detail for some of the audio quality on that, it was astounding. I mean, it it was, I remember just getting chills walking, going for a walk because it was during the summer. I just remember a long walk, uh, no pun intended, and hearing that that episode for the first time and just being like, this is, I can't believe we fucking did this. Like, this is unreal. Um, we, we, um, we, we drove back up uh, from Florida to see my wife's parents the other day, and we passed a sign that said road work. And I just thought, <laughs> that, I thought at the beginning, I was like, wait, yeah, wait, wait, that, that joke is in there. That's so <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Jen, for you, what, what, was, uh, what was your favorite episode or episodes? Um, I don't know. I was looking back over them. I feel like it's just been such a so many episodes this year that I'm really proud of. And I think like I loved the desperation episodes. I think that one was one where I really kind of worked out a lot of themes that that book hit. Um, and the girl who loved Tom Gordon was really fun. And I think that was a really good episode like if I think technically about the best episode that I have been a part of I think that might be the one but I think the one that has my heart the most is uh Lizzie's story Mm. the book episode and I was thinking that Tom Gordon was the first book episode I hosted but I think it was actually Lizzie's story yeah because I got kind of cold feet about covering it like uh myself uh, well and you helped me do the outline because I was really really nervous about that um you know you guys make those transitions look so easy and they are not (laughs) as easy as you think they're gonna be Um, but yeah, I just, I, that book, I really loved revisiting it and I loved talking through it and like, cause I did not like that book the first time I read Mm -hmm. it years ago. And I think like, I love the level of like analysis that we brought to that and the emotional like discussion we had. And also like, I can't remember if that's when we were really starting to break the episodes into the book episodes, but I've really loved that. Like I've, because I like the thing that I love about this podcast is that I get to really geek out over text and like go really deep into um the themes and I was a guest on another Stephen King podcast a while ago and it was only like 45 minutes and it was still a great show and um but I was like oh we're not talking for two more hours (laughs) but I had so much to say so yeah I I think Lisey's story is the one that is my favorite for the year that that are the books I've got that was an an emotional episode too that was Um, yeah that was a heavy one I think my like uh, this is getting maybe TMI, but I remember like after that, like my armpit, like I, I just felt like, like I was just drained so much. Like, you know, like that feeling where you're tensed up and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, I think it's the long watch episodes. I, I feel like, you know, behind the mic, 
for me, it's, I, I feel like I, there were some of my finer moments. Um, and I, I really kind of went as deep as I could with those episodes, just knowing that this is our chance to kind of go as deep as we do with our books, with the movies that we missed out on before. Um, I mean, I did everything I could. And especially, I think, I think because I've had more leg room to kind of stretch into my research roots in terms of just like time, like, you know, I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm partly full time on this now. Like I, I just had a lot more time to research. So I was like listening to commentaries. I mean, we watched Stand By Me and Re The Shawshank like two or three times, like was rereading the novel novellas, uh, reading the interviews. And so I, I, I don't know, like this is going to sound pompous, but I think it shows in the episodes. Like, I think everyone, like not only that, but like everyone brought their fucking A game to it. And I just, I just remember like when we finished recording the Stand By Me episode, and just like all of us texting each other and being like, yeah, that was fucking awesome. Like <laughs> that was so fucking cool. And I, I don't know, I'm just really proud of that. And, and then some of the interviews that we had in, in conjunction with that were really cool, especially with the screenwriters that had some really cool stories that I had never heard of before. But I'd also be remiss to like not mention the archive series because yeah. I think that like from for in terms of like my biggest like silver lining out of everything that we've done this year. Um, not even silver lining, but, but like just a good takeaway is that like what we're doing with the archive series, like similarly to what we, I just said with this, the stand by me episode, like after those, ep those episodes, I always feel like we were, we text each other being like, that was one of the best one we've done so far. Like that's the mm -hmm. best one we've done so far. And like the same thing happened. This, the, the hearts and suspension episode was like, just, you know, Kaffer, you mentioned just like crying randomly for, you know, the, the night shift episode, like, I don't even know what happened. I just like literally just got so emotional and wrapped up into it. And um, I don't know, just, they just they, and then just seeing what the patrons are responding to it like that. It just, I don't know, those episodes I'm really proud of. So yeah. um, I'm literally really looking forward to see how that, that series continues to evolve. But. Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Well, look, next next round. Favorite King Adjacent episode of 2021. That's kind of like our Dance Macabre episodes, maybe the crates. Uh, you could even throw kind of like bag of bones in there sometimes because we get a little off the topic of that. But um, Randall, you already said that it's, you, you were saying it's the Castle Rock episode, season yeah, three episode one. Yeah, but I would also throw the Michael Jackson episode in. I, I, I don't know if that's necessarily King Adjacent because it's not one of like our subseries, but I think that was a really cool discussion about like, a really sort of vintage uh, trapped in amber kind of pop culture uh, artifact that King is only sort of 
tangentially part of, you know, like, like he's like not the biggest name attached to it, which is kind of is wild. And anyways, I thought you guys did a great job with that conversation. And it's just an, it was something I never knew anything about. And I I really love that episode. So yeah, that was a fun one. And Caffrey, we, I mean, I feel like that we were kind of walking on some, like a field landmine sometimes with that, just because I was like, (laughs) I I think all of us were pretty worried in the beginning of like, all right, how the hell are we going to tackle this? I I like that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that gave it a cool tension. Yeah, I I always yeah I kind of always feel that way if it's I mean most of I think most of King's books are gonna have some sticky subject matter right just because it's dealing with people in peril. There's the issues of um, how we write and talk about race and whatever mm-hmm. evolving as time goes on. And when I think back, like when I think back of the Green Mile episode, I really like the Green Mile episode, but I almost think sometimes we were like, I don't want to say too hesitant, mm-hmm. but we were sometimes afraid to stake our our flag in the ground about when we had an opinion about something because yeah like, oh well you know and and i think with ghosts we actually got to that place and, and a lot faster and maybe more effectively than on some of the green mile episodes and at least i'm not trying to trash the green mile episodes i think we were sort of like feeling that <laughs> that out was a, a tough bit. episode that, that, it was, I mean, that was yeah. Tough. yeah yeah i think i hosted one of yeah. them yeah and i remember and i remember just being so nervous the whole time being like a white dude talking about this but um i feel like with ghosts i i definitely had that trepidation in the beginning but i was actually really proud of of how we all just went for it right and yet we weren't like oh this is just about whether or not michael jackson diddled kids like it wasn't like that you know but i felt like i mean because i feel like that that metaphor is so clunky and obvious in ghosts that you kind of have to go there a little bit um and i i think we did uh with with a plum as they Uh, uh, yeah right is that what would you say is your favorite uh king of jason episode then yeah i was thinking about this so i i mean this isn't this isn't really King adjacent because it is still about the books, but I was super proud of Flieger for starting the Dark Tower Detours because those have been really fun. And yeah. also just the guest stars that have been on there just reminds me of like, oh, there are people who are like legit scholars about the Dark Tower mm-hmm. in ways that we are not. I know we all love the Dark Tower or whatever, but I mean, just just kind of like seeing people come in and school us a little bit and not in, not in a competitive way or anything. It's just it's just really impressive to see the le- like. Uh, the the first episode, the I mean, there are theories and, yeah. and stuff being brought to the table. I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. Um, yeah, so yeah, you know, I'll say those. I'll I'll say those. Uh, just because I'm always guy that was that was Flieger's brainchild. Um, I, I also really I don't know. I man, it's hard to choose because I really actually really do like our our one the Dance with Cobb episodes where we talk about the the different source books for King too. Um, yeah. Cause you got to go all in on Lord of the flies. I know, but I feel like an asshole. Now. I'm just saying my episodes I was on. Like, oh, this is a great episode. Yeah. Like you're just really, I just really fucking brought it. Uh, <laughs> the, no, but you the, should. I mean, those are the ones that you were on. So I mean, you might I know well, when I, yeah. in full disclosure, I don't, I, I try, I don't get to listen to every single last episode when yeah. I want to, you know, like after we've, we've all recorded them, you know, and also I'm, I'm, we'll get to this when we talk about slowest King books. I try to listen to all the book episodes as I'm reading them and I'm kind of behind right now in the books. Um, I'll save that for the slowest book once we get there. Well, yeah, let, I, let me I, just I mean, write down you're a traitor. But no, honestly, because for a long time, I was really good about sticking with, like really keeping up with the podcast um, and and listening to each book episode. Like Rose Matter, I, I remember distinctly re- like just being really synced up with when that episode came out and, and walk around Atlanta listening to that. But um yeah, I think his Lord of the Flies also is just such a a book like I'm obsessed with. I mean, just to have been obsessed with since I was a kid and and just hearing new things get brought out about that. And I think, we, Jen, you were on that episode, right? Mm-hmm. I think, too, we were like, 
not that not that an episode is bad if if we're in disagreement because I think that leads to some of our best discussions. But I feel like we were all really on the same page about that book, about how we felt, and we were all kind of blown away by it. Um, yeah, which was really yeah, but nice. Like in different ways. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we all kind of had slightly different interpretations of a lot of different things. Which totally, made the conversation yeah. Really interesting. And I think, and I think too, it ha- you know has to do like I read that as a ten year old boy, right? And like, and mm-hmm. some of y'all were coming to it like as adult women. I, th- I think like the gender dynamics played out really well in that episode with mm-hmm. just like the different perspectives on it while still also really appreciating it. So yeah, that was, that was also a, a really good one. What about you, Jen? Uh, well, this is where I have a lot of feelings. Um, I think, and I, I don't know if this is technically an, a King adjacent episode, but the addiction and recovery episode, I'm really proud of. That's a hard one for me to say. I am proud of because that just, there's just a whole lot of feelings that are attached to that for me, you know, cause that is a really personal thing. And I'm, you know, but I think it's something that I've been thinking about for a long time. And it was really nice to be able to explore that with somebody um, who is kind of on that journey with me. And then Randall, I think you did a fantastic job of kind of guiding us through that so that we kept moving and didn't get too bogged down in the heaviness. And, and, you know, it, this podcast also kind of introduced me to Anna Marie Cox and she is somebody like we've talked about these kinds of things off pod, just kind of, I mean, you know, I hope that's okay to say, but like, she's become like a friend and somebody who kind of understands a lot of the stuff that I kind of deal with in, in my life. So that's one, like, like I said, it's hard for me to say I'm proud of that episode, but I am proud of it. You know, mm-hmm. if that makes yeah. sense. No, totally. And I think the other one that is kind of along those themes, but I had so much fun with the Midnight Mass episode. Oh, know? yeah. That was oh, that's yeah. From, from my Flanistan um, yeah. self. That was fun. And I mean, along because I feel like that was a really good mix of like we talked about some heavy stuff, but we also talked about some fun vampire stuff and like really like kind of a good balance of of like geeking out over King and, you know, just kind of shooting the shit about something that we liked and had mixed feelings about. So yeah, that was, that was one that I remember. I think when I think about the ones that are my favorites, I just think about like the feelings I have coming away from them and the mm-hmm. ones that I was like, I could have kept talking about that for a long time. That was yeah. just really fun. You know? Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of how I felt about mine where uh, the crate on Jurassic park was one of the most fun <laughs> times I've ever had behind the mic. I, and it's, I think a lot of largely because I just love that movie so much and I've never really had a chance to kind of geek out about it like this, but um, just like with the, the, the long watch episodes, I, I went all in on that one too. And uh, I was read a little bit of the book even for that. And I just remember, I mean, for, and for no reason what, for whatsoever, I watched the whole franchise or whatever, but like yeah, we've same. all been, we've all been diehard fans of that, that movie. And it had been teased so much. And, and we had even made jokes about in jokes on our text threads about like, what, what the fuck are we doing? What, like talking about Jurassic park on a Stephen King podcast. But <laughs> I just, I think it turned out to be such a great discussion about just so many different things, like the cast, like the themes of that movie, the themes of the book. Um, it, it's one of my favorite episodes I've ever been able to be on with Mel, just because like Mel and I have always had this like joke ba- back and forth about Jurassic Park. Where we'll just quote it over and over again. And like, and, and then Caffrey, I mean, you've, you're obsessed with the di- with dinosaurs too. So it's just <laughs> us being able to kind of, you know, it was, it was just so much fun. And like, um, I, I, look, I've, I've got a question for you. I know we've kind of ironed out a lot of 2022, but are we going to do a King's Dominion as in Jurassic Park? <laughs> oh. <Dominion? laughs> it comes out. I mean, come on. Should, you, the you titles know, there. They're coming back. It's uh, Dr. Grant and Sadler and Malcolm all together. Wait, again, are they? You know. I think I'm I'm, make, I'm confusing it with Twister. I was like, wait, no, they're showing The Shining in that drive-thru scene, right? Or that drive Yeah, that's Twister. Yeah, yeah and they're trying <laughs> gotta, to do it. 
Yeah, we gotta just, I'm just laughing at the idea of, like, a casual uh, fan of the podcast, like, just turning on the app and then seeing, like, oh, cool, the Stephen King podcast did three hours on Jurassic Park Dominion. It's just like like a picture of Blue. But we should, I guess if we just do, like, Finding King in Jurassic Park Dominion, then we can. Oh, I know, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the the T-Rex is the king king of the dinosaurs. (laughs) 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 It's like like when that T-Rex came out, it was just like, uh, you know, King dropping Tommy knockers in 1990. I, I just can't, you know, um, which is, I don't even know if it was 90. I, I'm just pulling a year out of my ass, but um, <laughs> let's continue with years. Uh, let's talk about 2021 still. Uh, breeziest King Reed of 2021. I, th- I think a lot of us are going to have the same answer for this. Uh, Jen, what was the breeziest King Reed for you? Uh, Billy Summers, man, that oh. was my favorite. Um, yeah, I loved that one. That one was another fun episode. I was shocked at how much I loved that book because I reading the synopsis was not into it. And I was like, yeah, OK, well, it's the next one. So I got to read it. But man, I loved that one. And I remember like the last afternoon I was reading it and I posted this picture of me just crying because I had been reading it. And the end of that is just so really beautiful. It but is yeah, a left I, hook. Like it really was. Yeah. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was my my Have craziest you- one. Have you read that, Caffrey? No, I haven't. I have not read um, The Institute, Later, Billy Summers, I think, are the, okay. the three. So are, there, are those his three most recent? Or is The Outsider? Uh, there's Let It Bleed. Well, there's uh, If It if Bleeds, it, too. Yeah, oh, if, if It Bleeds. I read yeah. If It Bleeds. Yeah, so no, I haven't read those three. I, just, I found the first edition of The Institute recently for like five bucks. That, so I have, I have that that I'm going to read. But yeah, Billy, honestly, Billy Summers and Later, I know like very little about, too, as, as books. I guarantee you'd finish later and like, bef- like during a lunch break. Is it like like <laughs> elevation kind of thing? It's fucking fast. Well, it's, I mean, it it's is a, fast. It's fast. I probably but- should have said that one for my answer, but. But McCaffrey reads like Johnny Five, and like he, he'll finish it in like forty-five minutes. Oh, okay. him, so I don't want to brag. I read hundred pages of The Martian on the train today. So uh, oh, well, that book is fast-paced too. It McCaffrey, is fast-paced. Yeah. What, what was your breeziest book? Because when you so, say, I mean, it, you again, you read really fast. So <laughs> I do. I do. Well, and so this this isn't one. These are not books that we covered this year, but this is sort of in preparation for an episode we're going to do. I um in preparation for Gwendy's final task, I reread the first two, uh, the first two books, um, Gwendy's box. And then, um, it's not a King book, but Gwendy's magic feather and then Gwendy's final task. And I'm not saying they're, I mean, I do like those books. I'm not saying they're my favorite in the King universe, but the way they're written, I don't, I don't know if he said they're supposed to be like YA novels or anything. I don't know if that, if he's like gone on the record for that, but the way the chapters are structured and the way they end on kind of, not fake cliffhangers, but like a dun 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 moment every single time. It just mm-hmm. makes them real. I mean, I think they're King's shortest chapters, like anything he's done. So they just clip along for me. And I really like Wendy as a protagonist. Like I kind of like staying with her. Um, I'm excited once we get to that book. Cause I have some, I have some questions about, um, about a certain character with the, the initials RF. That's all. I'll say. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll save that for later, but yeah. So those are those, just, I was kind of surprised how fast all three of those books went. I think they're just ri- like, I don't know. Has, has King said, or is he trying to do like his version of YA for that? Cause they just, they just move along know. in the same way that like, like goosebumps books did do for me. Yeah. I don't know. No, I've not heard him say that, but the goosebumps vibe is there. I think, I mean, obviously not as silly, but the short, like a little more chapters. adult, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. the, and the cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, Jane I mean, Brown. He doesn't did do the you, shameless, yeah. like, 
the one I always use for for goosebumps is like, oh, and then I heard a snarling wolf like growl behind me. Oh, it turns out it was just Sparky, my dog. Yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Oh my god, always that. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. not doing I have that, a whole but, rant yeah. about Dan Brown chapters that I'll say for another day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I've never read Dan Brown, but Matt, I randomly saw the third Da Vinci Code movie with Mac in theaters. I remember you had to you had to review that, didn't you? Or, I did or, review it with him because Justin couldn't go. It was back when they had their review show, and I was kind of watched. Yeah, I think it's three. Oh, right? I thought there was only two. No, and there's one has the, Jude Law. It, it, there's there's uh, Da Vinci Code, there's Angels and Demons, and uh, Inferno. I don't Inferno, know oh that's God, the one I saw. Inferno, and there's the going to be two. a new show too with the well, hot guy from Fear nobody, Street. Oh, and nobody watched it. Oh, did like, it? it already aired? I was like, I was like, nobody in the world is talking about this, which is yeah. so crazy. Yeah, I, know. I uh, anytime they do like the oh, we're gonna reboot these Dan Brown books, or oh, we're gonna do the new Jack Ryan. I think like no one gives a fucking shit because like, these are yeah. these were books that were like huge. 20 or 30 well, years ago but I, jack I, ryan's I big now though i'll say That's jack ryan's big and i say people do nerd out for clancy in the way they do for king i think there is like really that subset of people whereas i don't know any dan brown stands like he was really popular but i feel like nobody carries the torch for him like mm. they do for like you know the the clancy's and the kings and, and so on and so forth uh, yeah. it was like well, 2005 you know was him. for him oh, wait what happened to him Oh, did he really? Wait, Dan Brown's QAnon? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. No, no, no. I'm saying all the Dan Brown people are like, oh, oh I gotta I'm find sure. more signs. They oh, that makes sense, though, given what, because I remember, no one I think maybe it is, too, is that when the Da Vinci Sorry, Code Dan came Brown out, fans are going to kill me. Hey, if any Dan Brown fans are listening, fuck you guys. No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're going to show up in, like, robes. My mom likes that you got to say that in code, No, I remember when that came back, it came out, though, it was considered kind of edgy because it was all these, like, religious Safest fucking and, book in the world, like, mm-hmm. and I and I, I just don't know if that stuff's considered edgy anymore because of all the like real life conspiracy theorists we have. So yeah, um, totally, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in national, I'm, and I'm, I'm just kidding, y'all. Nicholas Cage. I, I, well, look, I, 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 I love the kidding. Dan Brown fans. I love them. <laughs> this might be a little preemptive, but you know, we were gonna announce that we are doing um uh two po- side podcasts, Dan Brown, <laughs> uh the the Da Vinci Pod, and then uh, we're also gonna be doing uh the Recruit uh colon Losers Club edition and. It's gonna be a, a Clancy cast. So Clancy uh, I love, cast, I love the, cast. The, the Da Vinci pod, just like the Dude. laziest, the laziest, laziest names. <laughs> yeah, we gotta put those uh, together. The Clancy Brown cast. Yes. Oh, that would be oh, that's cool. That's actually good. Yeah. yeah, but that's then that's something but, I but people are to. like, oh, like, I want to hear about Clancy Brown's new turn, in Dexter, and then you show up, right. and it's like, well, what's the difference between the Da Vinci Code and Patriot Games? <laughs> um, you know, his <laughs> King. I feel, I feel like King usually likes popular. Like he's he's a big. Isn't he a big? Um, Oh, I guarantee you he reads like, like Clancy, uh, not Clancy, like Lud- Robert stuff. Ludlum and, and stuff. Did, did, did yeah. has he ever said anything on? I feel like he maybe would have dug the the first Da Vinci Code. I, I don't even know if they're called oh, the yeah. Da Vinci Code books. That's that's well, all. He reads it. like a billion books a year too, so <laughs> you know he probably plowed yeah. through that stuff in like I, an afternoon or on a walk or something. Yeah, I do want to make it clear. I really wasn't saying fuck you, to Dan Brown fans. Oh yeah. my god, everyone should like what they like. I'm He's not walking yeah. I'm saying it. I'll fuck say it. You, fuck them all. I don't need to be tricked into reading. The guy sucks. Um, he's sucks. no, he's no Stephen King. Um, <laughs> Randall Breezy's book for you. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably the new ones later and Billy Summers. Those both went down smooth. Um, whereas we were kind of like the books we were reading. It was sort of like wearing, uh, like 10 pound dumbbells around your neck while you were reading them a little bit, because it's like uh, it was desperation, which is 
amazing. Like I love Desperation, and I feel like I conveyed that in the episode. But it is a heavy book, and then you mm-hmm. got Bag of Bones, and then Hearts in Atlanta. Something about the books I was on, but it's like um, these were a lot of. You're on ninety percent of the book episodes this year, <laughs> like ninety five percent of the book episode, um, well, something like that. Yeah, yeah. The only like one I didn't one. do was was um, Tom, Tom Gordon, Gordon right? I think. But it's like, and I wish <laughs> the I had one because, short book. <laughs> yeah, because the other ones, man, like reading Bag of Bones, and it's like walking through a swamp. It's not to say it's a bad book. We we struggle with with its quality in the episode but it's so it's so thick and like syrupy and like and and kind of like uh i don't know it like the the grime accumulates on you the emotional grime of it all and and hearts was like just existential for me because it was making me mm-hmm. think about a lot of things i didn't want to think about and it was making me feel feelings and i'm kind of over feeling feelings these days so <laughs> it's like but i was like getting like really worked up about it and talking to my wife about it constantly and um so yeah so i think that Later and Billy Summers, by virtue of being a little more low stakes, I guess, and more pulpy and genre-y, like those were, I think that really helped um, yeah. uh, me kind of burn through those. So yeah, that's my answer. Totally. Totally. I'm yeah, about to I... come up on Bag of Bones to read it, so I'll have to get ready for it. Oh, shit. <laughs> God. Just listen to it. Yeah, I like it. As a kid, I really remember liking it a lot. Um, and it did feel I, Maybe I mean, it did you feel will heavy. like it. Yeah. This time around, yeah, we'll I, see. I'd love to hear I breeze through the girl who loved Tom Gordon and obviously, I mean, it's a slim book, but I just love survival horror. And I I actually had to stop myself because I was like, I'm going to finish this in one sitting and you're not going to remember anything. So Mm -hmm. just pace myself here, kind of like Trisha does in the book. But um, yeah, I love that one. Great, great fast read. And I, and I feel like I could have probably finished later in like one sitting. And I think I, I think I broke it up maybe in two readings two sittings like that's it uh-huh. i mean it's a pretty fast book but um let's go through the opposite i mean randall listed a bunch of them already but what was the <laughs> toughest king for you to read this year in 2021 uh let's kick off with the randall you want do you have any other if you had to pick one of them out of all the books you read this year um what was the hardest one for you to read was it hearts uh probably bag of bones in that, terms yeah. of that just felt hard to read like i felt like i was doing work when i was reading mm-hmm. it Whereas Hearts, like, I was just having an emotional experience with it. I thought the writing was actually pretty, you know, breezy. But, um, I mean, at least until the end when it just becomes like, yeah, it becomes that sort of, uh, uh, I don't know, like syrupy, swampy kind of vibe. But the problem, the problem with Hearts was that, I don't know, it was just too much feeling packed in so tightly. So, yeah, but Bag of Bones, whereas I think it's just a book that I don't hate it. I think there's a lot to like about it, but I felt like that book was never going to end when I was reading it. So what about you, Kaf? Oh, for the the longest books, <laughs> the toughest one for you to read, yeah. the toughest one for, for me. It's the one I'm on right now. And it, I, this is I, I never thought this would have happened, but it's um Dark Tower 4, Wizard and Glass. I've been. Oh, stuck. man. And I love that book. Know what the problem is, I think. I because I'm reading the books in the order we cover them on the podcast, obviously. I think because growing up, I read the Dark Tower books kind of back to back pretty much through the sixth one and then um, took a long break. And then the seventh one, I think it's hard for me to read them out of sequence because outside of the gunslinger, all of them have taken me and, and drawing the three, I think, because I was on the episode um, Wastelands and this both just took me a really long time. I'm still on, I have like a hundred pages left in Wizard and Glass. I've read so many other books in between it. And I, I really love that book. I think outside of 112263, it's King's Strongest Romance. I think it like mm-hmm. captures the feeling of young love so well, but it's very episodic in the way that the Wastelands is too. So it, it's, I don't know what it is. It's just like taking me forever. Also too, I'm 
I'm a snob about only only reading first editions in the house just because I want to like fuck them oh, up. Oh, same. Get same. So yeah. I think because I can't read them on the train or uh, when I travel is part of it too. But man, I'm I, it's it's like I'm kind of embarrassed because I love that book. I think it's my favorite Dark Tower book, but it's just taking me so long, which is why I haven't read Bag of Bones yet. I haven't read Hearts in Atlantis yet. Um, what's the next book episode we have? Well, I guess I have well, to say we'll that, get to that in we'll a little bit, but whatever that I, is, spoilers. I haven't, haven't read that yet. So yeah, I feel so behind, and it's all because of Wastelands put me behind earlier this year, and then uh, and then now now Wizard and Glass. That's not to say I don't love it. It's it's gonna get five stars on Goodreads for me easily, but um, yeah, it's just taking. <laughs> I think me a while. I gave it on our episode, which I do love our episode, but I might have given it five noses. I think that was I a think five you did. Noser it's for great. Me. Yeah, I, I that yeah, I would I mean, also add that. that. I mean. That was a good episode. But honestly, though, I, I feel like, the Kathy, one of the hard parts about the Dark Tower books is that sometimes the descriptions also are just so, like, I'll just sit there almost, like, in a daze, like, trying to understand what's being conveyed sometimes. Yeah, you feel, like, a little punch drunk from it sometimes. Yeah. I think, too, because Wizard and Glass is... And it's it's funny because, ultimately, it's the logistics really aren't that important to the overall story. Like, the important story, sto- part of the story is what happens to Roland this quartet and what happens to him and Susan. But they, re- they go into a lot of in the way any good Western should, they go into a lot of detail about, you know, who runs the town and what, what the, uh, the big coffin hunters are really there to do. And like their, their relationship with John Farson, there's a lot of kind of weird logistical um, details to iron yes, out, but it's also in another world. It's like, it's, it's a Western, but not quite because it's, it's like different. I mean, it is a Western, mm-hmm. but it's in a world where they're using terms that are familiar. Yeah. So I think it's, I think there's just a lot of, um, a, a lot of uh as michael jackson a lot of scheming going on oh. as, uh, um and so and so yeah so i think it's just hard to uh yeah i, I kind of hate that i'm still on it i mean I, tomorrow is the last day of the year i probably well i mean you're all listening to this in the in the new year but it's as we're recording this tomorrow's last day yeah. of the year and i i'm like oh man it's i it's like taking me almost a fucking year when was the wizard glass episode like it was like, uh may? it was like in may yeah so it was a long uh, time I, I started reading shortly before then and yeah i've been on it just kind of chipping away at it since so yeah anyway well, yeah well, we'll, get, we'll get, to, get, get a little fire under your feet uh on that one i know i need to <laughs> i need to palaver with myself and just finish it yeah <laughs> jen toughest read for you um, well, okay, so I'm going to echo your thoughts on Wizard and Glass. I didn't read it this year, so it doesn't count for my answer. But yeah, that one took me forever. And I'm just not the biggest Dark Tower fan. Um, you know, I apologize to everyone that I haven't already alienated with my Dan Brown. It's okay. Show. We're in the same car <laughs> driving together. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, Dan Brown, Brown or Dark hatred. Tower. <laughs> yeah, just... Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, my Mine was later. Like that one, I it, it like went fast and it's short. But man, I just didn't really like it. Mm. And like I and I've talked about this before I listen to a lot of fiction so kind of the way I work through books is like I'll listen to it and when there's something I want to note I'll screenshot the timestamp on my phone and then I'll go back and like dig out the text and so this one because it was so new I couldn't read I couldn't listen to it so I had to like make time to sit down and read it which is not something that I do with fiction that often most of what I do is listen and if I compare it to Billy Summers which I also couldn't listen to like that one just flew by and I couldn't wait to get back to the book to read it and with later it was the opposite I was like I Mm. you know I know I want to read this because I want to know especially after that last chapter like I want to know what happens but I just don't want to sit down and read this so you know I was a curveball some issues with it no, that's yeah. that's good. I I, expe- I actually expected you to. I thought we were gonna be on the same page on this one. Um, for me, it was Lisey's story. I, I thought this was one of the tougher reads in recent memory for me. Um, and 
I, I think yeah, honestly, I have to agree with that. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, <laughs> but like, I forgot I read that too, even though I wasn't on the episode. Good yeah. God. That was like, it's, it's not a bad book, but man, no, it no. is like, it's, it's a swamp, man. Oh yeah. I mean, it's that, that's the perfect, like, you know, comp for it because I, I just remember like getting 40, 50 pages in 60 and then a hundred. And I'm like, Oh my God, when am I going to get fucking hooked? And it, and it honestly wasn't until like maybe page 200, maybe 180 when I was like, okay, I get it. Now I understand the mechanics here. I, I, I've got a feel for what's going on here narratively, the bouncing back and forth between time and the, you know, the point of view and the character. And, and once I did, I really loved it. And I, and, I mean, I was by the end of it in tears with some of the passages and stuff too. Um, so it was rewarding in that respect, but oh my God, like there was a point where I was like, why did I sign up for this book episode? <laughs> so yeah, I was like getting a, a little nervous. There's like a cumulative power to that book. I think yeah. that it's, it's kind of rough. It, I mean, some people, I, I know people who really love that book and can just click right into that world. It, it took me a long time and I just, I kind of hated Lisey and Scott a lot of ways, <laughs> but yeah. that doesn't mean I wasn't like invested in the story, but like as characters, I like, they were, they were, uh, a touch shade of Mike Noonan from Bag of Bones, who is also a very <laughs> unlikable pra- yeah. protagonist. So, um, yeah, so th- I think those contributed to it as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. we only covered Lisey's story because it was an adaptation this year. And let's talk about our favorite adaptation in uh, King's Dominion in 2021. Uh, Caffrey, what was yours? It's Chabowith, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, and I, I will say I did not watch Lissy's story. I think I saw all the other ones this year. But um, yeah, Chabowith was just such a surprise for me. Slow burn in the best way possible. Was It, it was all four of us, right, that were on the yeah. episode? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it, was, it was so surprising. The payoff was so good. I'm still haunted by that look in Adrian Brody's eyes, him looking back on the shore at his, at his family. Um, I was super impressed by how they adapted it and expanded it in a way that felt like it was still really honoring the source material while very much doing its own thing. I, I loved it. I, I will say, I don't know if I'm going to like watch it again right away because it is such a heavy um, oh, yeah. Yeah. slow burn uh, series, but man, I, I just thought they really knocked it out of the park. And if you had asked me in 2019, what, which adaptation you were going to be most excited about, it would not have been that one. Just, I, yeah. I, I was just really blown away by it on off run. So yeah, definitely chat away for me. Uh, ditto for me. So, um, but Jen, what about you? Uh, I, you know, I couldn't had a hard time deciding between Chapel Wait and Lisey's story because I agree with you, Dan. Um, I, I was blown away by what it was because I was not looking forward to it. But Lisey's story won out, I think, because I was also really not looking forward to that one. I was like, I don't like this book, you know. Um, and I was just amazed by what Pablo Loren did with it and, like, mm. how beautiful it was and how, like, it's such a feeling show, you know. And I uh-huh. think that's kind of like, and we talked about that in the episode, like, you kind of have to get down into the channel with it. And so watching a lot of it back to back and then getting to unpack every episode as we covered it, I think, really helped me a lot. Um it also helped me get through the book. And it's funny that you guys said that reading it was a chore because I listened to that one so fast that I was worried I would forget it. And so I listened to it twice before oh, wow. we did our episode. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm listening to it while I'm doing stuff. So it's slightly different. But yeah, man, that was just, I just loved it so much. Chapel Wait was a really close second, but Lisey's story, I think, won out. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Randall? Yeah. I mean, I would say Chapel Wait because. Yeah, it is a great slow burn. And then it kind of becomes like a 90s action movie in the yeah. in the last three episodes, which I loved. I was like mm-hmm. so into that kind of pivot into, I don't know, broad supernatural 
uh, action. And that's the Phil scene in me that really loved it. But I think <laughs> the but there was a beauty to it as well. I thought it was really wonderfully designed. But but Lisey's story sticks with me a lot. I think there's some performances, one of which I'm going to talk about, you know, in a bit. But um, yeah, there was a lot to it. I mean, Pablo Lorraine is so talented. Like I, oh, his yeah. movie Spencer, that is probably going to oh, be up for watch some Oscars. Man? Yeah, I watched Spencer and it's, okay. it's not like a narrative, uh, you know, it's not like, that's the thing about his work. And I saw this in Lisey's story too, where the narrative sort of plays second fiddle to the aesthetic of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer is one of the most beautiful movies like I've, I saw in the last couple of years. It's absolutely stunning, but I wouldn't say I was horribly invested in the story. And I think mm-hmm. that's the thing with Lisey's story is it's so visually striking and there's so much like raw emotion and beauty in it that that and that's like kind of what lingers with me longer than the story and the beats of the story. So yeah, I think he's just a, he's a great vibe director. Like he knows how to capture a vibe and he knows how to frame a shot. Like his, his stuff's just absolutely gorgeous. So I think it's kind of a big gift that we got Lisey's story from this like really, really talented, like a, I would say a list Hollywood director. Uh, So that, that in itself is really cool. And uh, the stand, I will say I perhaps had the most emotional <laughs> like reactions to watching that because I wanted it to be good so bad. And yeah, I think there was too. this perpetual struggle of of finding the best light of every corner of that show because I wanted it mm-hmm. to be so much better than it was. And um, and it's yeah. And I, I will say, I think because I gave it that grace, I think I look on it perhaps a little more fondly than some of you. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me, it was a pretty fun, interesting year of King adaptations. Yeah, let's have a stand discussion for real quick because I, I think it's important to like look back now that we're a year away from it for the most part. And what I find interesting, you know, like 24 hours ago, I did a, a, a meme on the CDC and I didn't use anything from the new stand. I used the 1994 stand. And I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, like, what would I use? Well, I actually did another meme from the stand that was something else with the Christmas trees. But I was thinking about it and I was like, there really isn't like a cultural impact or imprint on, like on anyone that with this series. And I'm wondering, like, you know, I think a lot, a lot of the reasons why the ABC one will maybe always stick out is because it was such a ubiquitous event. You know, it was on network mm-hmm. television. It was like this huge, huge thing at a time when miniseries were still blockbuster events. So I feel like it probably has that flex over it all the time, but I don't know. It just feels like it never happens sometimes. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. it's very strange it, to me. Like, I don't you know. You could use it. You could use a gif of a uh, trash can man jerking off to the fire. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I always remember. I mean, it Feeling is. Bye, 2021. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, I mean, it's not too me. late for the- <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, now, but, like, because of that episode, my wife and I can only say, excuse me, like, the Transformers, the movie. Because oh, of my that. God. And I should say, Jen also, she had one of the best uh, Omicron jokes on Twitter. If you Before it was, like, really ravaging the nation, she tweeted, she, she did a Transformers movie gift retweet of, like, how we will oh, defeat yeah. Omicron. It was, like, Hot Rod doing the uh, the, the Matrix of, uh, of uh, power. So <laughs> She told I, me you, she told me you liked it. And I said, of course, Dan. I think I, re- I, mean, I think I retweeted it. I, got, I, I think I said to her, RT. I was like, you, that is like a, a tweet made for Dan Caffrey. I think anytime Transformers, the movie can weave its way into life or the podcast <laughs> is, is great. I mean, I, I will say, cause I think if I remember correctly, it has been a long time ago now. I, 
I was really with the stand for like the first half of it. I mean, we talked about this. We the, getting into Vegas was a really yeah. tough sell yeah. for me because it was the one thing I was so looking forward to, to see if they would course correct a little bit from how the 1994 series was. And it, it didn't just lean further into the worst aspects of that. But I mean, there was there. I think there was still a lot to love, especially in some of the performances, which I'll, I'll say for when I get to my top performance of the year. Um, and some of the adaptation choices I, I did think were pretty strong. Like some of the changes, mm-hmm. it, it really just kind of sunk in that second half to me. But I agree. Yeah. Aside from that, yeah, I almost feel like it would have been not as disappointing had it made a bigger cultural impact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I feel I feel like the 94 miniseries is what introduced a lot of people to stand. It's what introduced yep. me to stand as a kid. And yeah, I remember going into like fourth grade and, and kids like talking about the stand on the playground the next yeah, day. Like, yeah, oh my I God. And, and, yeah. and yeah, this just didn't have that kind of power. And uh, honestly, I wonder... I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it was on Netflix or something, it could I mean, have. Yeah, it could have been on Netflix if it was on Netflix. It, just but... ha- it felt like it had the deck stacked against it, you know? Yeah. It's like, it, it hit, like, right at the turn of the year, too. You In know? a pandemic, and, which yeah. I, I don't know if that right. helped Like, I thought it. that yeah. would make it, like, a bigger thing, but it may have actually backfired a little bit. But it like, was on I'm... a streamer that a lot of people didn't have access. To. Like, it was, a, and, it was right. on a minor and streamer. It, ch- it literally rebranded during the shows. And it rebranded like, during, yeah. Because right. doesn't Paramount yeah. Plus now own CBS All Access? It, right? no, yeah. CBS All Access became Paramount Plus. So that's what yeah, it Yeah, like oh, right did it? Oh, in weird. the middle of that happening. Yeah. Right? Like it, it, on New Year's, I think, or something. It, it was something it was, like that. And it's yeah, this, the stand never got memed. It never really got lauded. So it's like, it, yeah. Yeah. The, the, ex- kind the of excuse me, me got memed by us. Good. That's about it, yeah. though. But that's like a that's like an yeah. inside joke of an inside joke of an inside joke from another movie. So, <laughs> but yeah. Like, to think about like, because I had been excited about that thing for like years, because that's my favorite book. Oh, same. Uh, any author, you know, I just love it. I've read it a billion times, and just for it to have no impact at all was it yeah. kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Like talking about it feels a little bit like talking about Game of Thrones now. You know. Yeah. Oh no, that's a good comp. That is a good you know? comp because it. it, it it did have some sort of excitement and energy. Like I remember when we first started doing the recaps or started even talking about it and there was this sort of excitement in there. And yeah, I do think it was when the, yeah, Caffrey, when they did get to Vegas that I, I think all of us were kind of like, yeah. yeah, this is over. Like this. Yeah. Is it's like, the, it's be. ran. It felt like it ran out of steam. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's yeah. a good way to put it. I mean, I, I remember watching, we were living in Atlanta and I remember because we, we got access to what, like the first four or five screeners right away or mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I remember watching the first couple and being like, man, I'm like into this. And then it just, I didn't love when they made Larry go through the sewers instead of the tunnel. That just felt like such a, a, uh, I don't know, like stripping it of its iconography a little bit. Even yeah. though I'm sure it was cheaper to do that than do the Lincoln or the Holland Tunnel. Um, but I was still with it for a while. Yeah, but it was that ve- that the last like three or four episodes when they get to Vegas, it just kept, and they kept wanting it to get better too. And it just didn't. Um, yeah, well, it's a shame, man. It's, it's just, it's just like, yeah. Because I, I, as much as I love the 94 series, I would love to get to something that doesn't have that Hallmark, Hallmark movie quality about it toward the latter half. And I think yeah. even yeah. Nick Harris and King know that too about the 94 series. Because um, yeah, like Jen said, it's, it's, I think it's such a gateway book for King. And I don't think it's without its flaws, but it is such a watershed moment for King that yeah, I, I yeah. really, and at this point, I don't think we'll get another, they, I don't think we'll ever get like the HBO series of The Stand or anything. No, no. Well, look, you know, if you want to stream our entire coverage, which features interviews and, and everything. I think our uh, coverage is great. The coverage yeah. is awesome. Yeah. 
They're yeah. worth it. They're worth re- revisiting. There's some great discussions. Even in if there. you haven't watched the show. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I mean, not to spoil, like that was that was in the running for one of my favorites of the year because like as that was I think feel like the first thing I really did from start to finish with the podcast, you know, mm-hmm. and that was I think really a turning point for me of really starting to feel like part of the group yeah. and not even just because yeah. I thought of the Mars and Scars thing but was <laughs> like that was but that was like a con, con like that was a little bit of me kind of contributing to the planning and it just oh you totally know, it, you know so and I yeah. do think it was I mean, good like I if we didn't get um Lisey's story and Chapel Wait this year which were both really strong adaptations that would have been a contender for best of the year because I do think there's a lot of good in it it's yeah. just yeah it just is there it's it was never going to live up to what I wanted it to be, but I feel yeah. like it was just really uneven, you know, yeah. and yeah. the lows yeah. were hard to overlook. Well, there were certainly some highs that you could have that were, uh, you know, some <laughs> minor takeaways in there. <laughs> and I think a lot of that could be in the performances. So I think we should talk about, you know, what was the performance of the year in a King adaptation for us? Um Randall, you you hinted at one earlier. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it? I think the obvious one, but I feel like, um, some of you guys might also say it, which is uh, Harold Lauder, uh, played by Owen Teague. I think his performance is the real highlight of of the stand. And um, yeah, well, I think one of the best, biggest reasons that I would still recommend it to people, like if you mm-hmm. are a yeah. fan, because I'm like, it really nails Harold Lauder. It just kind of fails most of the others. And yeah. um, uh, and Harold's always been my favorite character and, and he's one of my favorite characters. I'm always, you know, maybe it's stereotypical, but I'm 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 always drawn to the angry, young, angsty uh, uh, kid who um, is bullied and or and be and often becomes a bully because he was bullied, which is, I think, Harold to a degree. And uh, but I was also thinking about Dane DeHaan and, and Lisey's story Oof. as oh, God, I can't remember his character's name. Like Jim, Jim Dooley. Dooley. Tom Dooley. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. He's terrifying. He's absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful in that show. So I think, uh, you know, young white men had a good chance to be <laughs> absolute. Absolutely. It's the year. Finally. Finally. The young white men are getting their due. Uh, but it was it was a good year for him and uh, in King properties, I'd say. So. So, yeah, those were the two performances that really stood out. To me. What, what if you're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I just love that they took it back for us, you know, <laughs> really, really after a long time being put down. Just really- uh. I, I'd, I'd love it if Dane DeHaan was on the set for Lisey's story and like, you know, reports for Spider-Man No Way Home was coming in. And it's just like, you know, Clive Owen comes in and he's like, you heard that they're, they're going to be, um, you know, bringing back a lot of the characters from the Spider-Man movies are going to be in there. And it's just like, I didn't get a fucking text or whatever. He's just like, starts, and that's like informed his performance to be in there. Um, I love that little Clive impression. Yeah, it's not too yeah. bad. You know? It's pretty good, actually. Uh, pretty yeah, good. yeah maybe I should do a Clive doing Clinton. Yeah. yeah, God. Yeah. Well, certainly not. Maybe Clive will pop up in one of ours, uh, you know, answers here. I, I don't think so. Jen, what about, was Clive Owen your favorite performance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he was actually not. And, you know, I... Yeah you know, notably did not drool over him through all of that coverage. Um, yeah, I had Harold Lauder, um, Owen Teague as him. But because we already talked about him, I'm going to say Odessa Young as Franny, one of yeah, my so all-time good. favorite characters. I love her. I feel like um, I love that character because I grew up reading that character, not necessarily because I think she is the best of King's female characters, because I do think that there are some flaws in in the way he writes her. But I feel like Odessa Young really brought a strength to her character and kind of some grit. And the adaptation gave her more to do, too. Yeah. Oh, not, totally. And not even without the coda, you know. So I just really loved that performance. Um, Brad Michael Hanka, I think, who played oh, Tom Hanky, Cullen. Yeah. Yeah. Hanky, yeah, he did 
did very well too. Um, and yeah, I think a lo- there were a lot of really great performances yeah. in the in the stand. I would be remiss if I did not mention one Alexander Skarsgård. Also, who <laughs> oh, I, I know. And those tight flag. cheeks. <laughs> t- Which yep. you bring back. Uh, actually, no, he doesn't do that in Succession. We don't see him naked in Succession, right? Not no, yet. No, but we'll probably see him naked in that Viking movie he's going to Oh, you will. <laughs> <laughs> in a Viking movie, there's probably some dongs flying around. And it's, um, I mean, it's what's-his-face who, right? did, who did the Lighthouse and the Witch. Robert like, Eggers. He, yeah. he, he likes the male nudity. So, we'll yeah, so. It does. Hey, I support it. Caffrey, uh, Ezra Miller, your top choice for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I kind of can't remember what my final verdict was on that performance because me and I know me and Randall were like sort of defending it, it and then it kept I think it just worse. collapsed into the excuse me. Like, it we did. never really it reached did. an end because we became so no. obsessed with the Transformers and the movie connection. I, I think I said this on the episode because you, you, you didn't say what it was, but you had texted the thread. You're like, oh, get ready for like Ezra Miller's introduction. And for the first little bit of it, I'm like, oh, this is fine. And then when the mastering thing happened, I, in my head, I, I literally went, oh my. Like, I was just like, wow, they're, they're really doing that. You um, your pearls. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. No, but I mean, my, yeah, mine is Owen Teague is Harold Lauder. Um, if, not, if nothing else, the stand gave us a pitch per- perfect Harold Lauder. And I like that yeah. he's in a way the protagonist for a while too. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. interesting yeah. choice. I mean, And look, I'm... I am a uh, coronemic apologist. I, I don't hate oh, his performance <laughs> in the in the ninety four one, but I mean this was much more in line with King's vision. And I love the interview that that um that y'all did with him. And then both because Randall, wait, was yours? I talked to him for AV Club, and then Mike talked for to AV him Club too. Both that and that was around the same time, right? That that you talked to him, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. Both mm. those in conjunction just made me like him a lot too. He just seemed like a cool guy who was. Uh, I I just watched it, or not just, but I watched a Seinfeld episode with. Uh, George, George loving Elaine's boyfriend. So I, I hate saying cool guy now. It sounds like I'm like, oh, Ezra. Oh, or, uh, oh I felt like George from that episode while yeah. talking to him. And I had to tell Cat uh, when she was editing it, I was like, can you like just tone me down so I don't sound like a fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, like, like, uh, like I love it too because he's like 10 years younger than us. I'm like, oh, he's such a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I want to be just like him. No, but he really uh, did seem. I am down. <laughs> he seemed no, like a fan. Mike, he seemed like a true fan. I, ONT definitely liked the Losers Club interview more than the one I did with him because when Mike posted the interview, ONT like replied to him and was like, that was the most fun. I didn't know interviews could be that fun. And then I posted the interview and I got nothing. <laughs> so, oh no. Oh, no. It's, it's like you're in a room. He says that to Mike, then just looks at you and goes, Randall. <laughs> yeah. So, Randall walks out. yeah. <laughs> so, you're, so Mike's uh, like the, uh, Mike's like the Kramer in this situation. You're like the George then. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, so. right, Tony. Yeah. Uh, but um, but no, but, but, sandwiches. He does see. He just he seems like a true fan and um was just happy to be there. And I like that he had this kind of bit role in it and then went to that and yeah, just kind of knocked my socks off. Also so. in Cell. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, you know I haven't seen Cell. I don't know if uh I hear it's not. I hear it's no good. Um, <laughs> we'll but, get to it in yeah. three years. Yeah, God, no, it's coming up. We are going to get to another John Cusack uh, performance though next year. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it was. I have to say, Owen Teague. I, I, I felt like um, I wanted to put him down, but I, I figured we were all going to talk about it, and you know, we talked a lot about him a, a lot this year. I so he definitely would be number my number one. Although I want to give you know some kudos to Joan Allen because I thought she was fucking yes. great in the Lacey story, mm-hmm. and like, I, I mean you'd think on paper that performance would be really easy. It's like, Oh, she just sits there. And it's like, well, yeah, but like there's a, there's just energy and vibe to her throughout that entire show that like when she does crack and becomes herself um, after returning from Booyah moon, like it's, 
it's like such a drastic change that you're kind of almost overwhelmed like Lisi is. And, um, you know, that's a mark of a great performer. And I thought she was awesome in this and um, almost unrecognizable at times. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty hard to watch. Uh, so I, I know that she was great. And I'm sure that's a show that's going to be absolutely ignored by um, <laughs> all the yeah. award shows and stuff. Cause you know, they'll just be like, well, succession's hot. And well, to be fair, succession deserves all the awards, fucking best show on the TV. But it just seems like TV award shows, they always have blinders for like four shows in every category. But mm. um, anyway, what is the one King related event that you will always associate with 2021? Are we all going to have the same one? Because I, I think I, so. Might. Yeah, it, it's King <laughs> tweeting us, right? Yeah, it's the I, 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 I don't mean to be like, I know that's like lame because we're we were just like patting ourselves on the back. But I mean, I, I never thought that would happen. That was that was yeah. so cool. It was I, and I remember we were all collectively freaking out and. I know y'all posted the the stand by me meme kind of jokingly, but that was true. Like that was, it was. That really yeah, was what it was like. That was, was Jen's suggestion. I remember that it was. was. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even suggest it to like for us to tweet it. That was just what it felt like for us talking about it. So yeah, I I'll just never forget that day because it was yeah. it was first off it was a really stressful week because um you know it was only two weeks after I left Consequence and so I was kind of floating in the ether a little bit and I had to like go and upload all the stuff to for bloody disgusting because we were you know launching on there that day and so it was like a really it was kind of like we, we were winding down and i remember like sammy was kind of taking a nap she just finished her walks and um donnie darko was on and i was just kind of sitting there like listening to like the piano part and it popped up and i honestly because only a week beforehand we i had talked to the guys who did stephen king rules fest and then we were talking and i had literally talked to them being like man you got the, the stephen king bump like how did that feel it must have been wild and then i i honestly and he had told me like how about like people can make like fake tweets and so i thought for a second like oh did someone listen to our episode and do it and so i, I literally had to like do a double take and I, I, I mean, I, I like, I remember just texting all you guys and just being like, holy shit, holy shit. I cannot believe this mm -hmm. fucking happened. And we were supposed to meet up that night anyway at the music box just to kind of celebrate, you know, being on BD and all. And then it just turned into this, like that thing you do moment. Like it was, <laughs> it literally was the best way I could describe it. Like I, I just started, I started bawling. Like I, I couldn't fucking believe this was happening. It was like. I just didn't expect anything good to happen <laughs> like ever. Like I've, at mm -hmm. that point I was at like such a low point where like, where I was just like, Ugh. and then when that, it just was, it, it just broke it. Like, I just like broke it down emotionally. I was just like sitting there like the, on the laptop, like being, I can't believe this is fucking happening. I, I, just, I can't believe it happened. And it's I still, still wish our official reply was tag us next time. Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> I, I remember that was what you wanted to put on there, which is and, and debating. It was so funny because we were like, guys, like, you know, like 30 minutes has gone by and we still never really mm -hmm. like, I don't think we, even really liked the tweet. I think we just retweet, recorded the tweet. That was it, which is hilarious. Um, well, we don't. Want, I remember we didn't want to come off as too pesky or, or too yeah. stanny or, or whatever. But I mean, we yeah. were. I, I and I I, there, I don't know if we'll ever be able to find this out. But I still want to know, like, what? How many episodes has he listened to? What episodes has he listened to? Has he heard when we criticize him? Because I remember a lot of us were like, "Oh fuck, I shouldn't have. I should not have come down so hard on." On Lawnmower Man, or I mean, I like Lawnmower Man, so I don't know what talking about. But, but I mean, it really was. I, I am legit curious how he heard of us, what he listened to, etc. Um, I don't know. It, it was so cool. It was. I sound like a, a little kid talking about it. I, I swear, we still need to put that tweet on a mug. You know. Well, I, yeah, I actually, I just. This is so lame, but um, I did for myself for a Christmas present. 
um, I found a place that frames tweets, and so I I, oh, I got one to, to to frame, and and I, it's still coming and whatever. But I've got on my on my website, like I have like different press quotes and shit. Like I have it on there. Like I mean, it's it's something to be proud of. I think. It, and, oh, yeah. uh, I think it is. It was just, it was a really nice boost syncing up with the move to BD, and then it, yeah. it happened at the same time as getting the Joe Bob Silver Bolo Award. That's and it was the just other a really thing. good week. Uh, I'll never like the Joba thing to happen 48 hours later was that. I mean, it's it. It sounds hyper hyperbolic to say this, but like it was the best week. It was one of the best weeks of my life. It just felt so. It was like I don't know. It was just like I couldn't believe this is happening. It was like it, it, it honestly felt like I had just gotten like hit by a car or something like that, and I was like in a coma. I was like, and I'm gonna wake up and like all this shit was in a dream. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't. I couldn't. It was just a, a whirlwind 48 hours. Like when we, you know, I I just got the booster to, or not the booster, the second <laughs> dose, and so I was out of it for like in between those days. And I remember we were going to the drive-in uh, for. Uh, Mike Vanderbilt's the music box of horrors uh, like halfway to Halloween and so we went to see Halloween 3 and I, I Joe Bob was on that night and I, I just was like well I'm gonna go to the real drive-in and so I'm gonna miss this one night because I, I always I never miss him and I remember coming home and I got it like Justin called me at one in the morning and then my heart dropped and I was like <laughs> oh my god like what happened like did something bad happen like he he always just texts like why would he call and then um and then I saw his text and he finally texted and he's just like, we won the silver bolo. And at that point I like, I literally like was just screaming to Sammy, just being like, this is like, like almost like the line from like in the mouth of man. I was like, this is not reality. Like <laughs> I was like, this is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you were going to yeah, say, I didn't, Billy, know, I didn't know what silver bolo was. <laughs> so, cause I never watched Joe Bob. So I saw like people congratulating us on Twitter and I was so confused and I texted you guys for answers and nobody replied to me. So I went to sleep and then you guys started talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, because I, I mean, I was driving um, back, so I didn't even look at the phone until I ran back from uh, the parking garage near me. That is always, I mean, that's going to be the thing I take away. But there was a lot of things this year that, like, I, I, I still would take away with, like, st- like the, the, the fact that we did an audio drama is, like, yeah. Uh, any there's other. Just, there's been, like, I was looking back through as I was making my list, and I was like, man, we've really done a lot. You know, like, it's been a lot of like hard work but like fun work and like I'm just really proud of us for everything we've gotten out this year just like the day-to-day the week-to-week like reading these books and putting the episodes out and doing all of this stuff like it's you know if you're not a podcaster you don't know how much work it is and it is a lot of work and I think just the amount of stuff that we've done and you know Mike I know you do a lot of that stuff behind the scenes it's just it's just a lot and it's great. And I think I'm just really proud of that too, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of the big help is that Randall and I are both like really like, you know, this is it for I mean, right now. We're like, mm-hmm. it's been our thing. And like, I think because of that, the output and the, the, the creativity and the malleability of what we've been able to do is, I think that's why what made season five, like yeah. such a unique thing. Like that was a high, <laughs> but like oh, so many of the episodes were highs too. Just like the episodes mm-hmm. that I had fun talking about, you know, and just like the books that I got to read and just talking about them with you guys. is just really fun. Like I'd been so stressed this week and not wanting to talk to anybody. And then I looked at the calendar and I was like, Oh, I get to talk with my guys tonight. This is going to be fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's, there is some unique, uh, like, I don't know, like the, I feel like there's, there's something to be said about the Malcolm Gladwell thing. I, I joked around about it before, but like, you know, at five years in, we do on average about a, an hour and a half, two hour episodes 
we've done, I mean, this year alone, we did over a hundred episodes and you think about that and you're like, Oh, a hundred episodes fun. Like, yeah, but the average length for those episodes are like fucking <laughs> almost two hours in length. So it's like, you know, that's 200 hours, if not more of, of con uh, that, that we're putting out there. And that's only one year. So I feel like maybe a lot of the reason why it's, it's, it, it felt unique this year is because we're at a point now where it just does like, it does feel freewheeling to us. Like it, it's, it, and I don't know what it is. I just like, maybe we hit a kind of rhythm or something. I don't know what it is. I, yeah. It feels weird talking about ourselves and stuff like that, but I know. It, <laughs> I but it's an annual report, so whatever. For a while too. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, well, you know, I stutter all the time, like a fucking idiot, and uh, but um, I any other thoughts? On... Way too much. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, any other thoughts though? The for for this year, the for King related stuff that we thought were were, were interesting. Uh, good riddance, King. <laughs> we're we're moving on. We're doing Coons next year. Oh my God, Coons. That's our uh, season yes. six announcement. Yeah, Coons cast. God, this year. Jesus Christ. Well, before Coons we get to the announcement. <laughs> God, Coons cast. I just keep thinking of like Kushlash, like when Jerry O'Connell, King's Dominion, by the way, um, sings that in Jerry Maguire. It's just like Kushlash, Kushlash. Um, you know, anyway. Wait, why well, did you think about that? Why because of Coons cast. Like Coons oh, cast, like it kind of has oh, the same okay. cadence. I'm like, so I'm just why, are you, why are you talking about Jerry Maguire? Yeah, you always think he would do Jerry the Mag intro song for the podcast? Oh, I it. hope so. That'd be great. Hey, we're going to be doing uh, a Dean Coons uh, podcast. You were on our <laughs> podcast years ago talking about Stan with me. Do you think you could do the theme song, get an acoustic guitar out? Uh, anyway, um, I digress. Let's talk, you know, we, we have a, a couple of, you know, we have a bunch of responses from our constant listeners uh, that turned some in for their annual report. Um, you want to read some of these? Is, does everyone have the, the response sheet? Because we can kind of yeah, go through a few of these. Yep. Um, Caffrey, if you want to read, you know, pick one out and we'll go from there. Sure. I will do, uh, I'll do Jesse Solis. Cool. So their favorite episode of 2021. Uh, so we watched the Dark Tower pilot, even though it made me also cry. Thanks. Uh, favorite King and Jason episode yeah. of 2021. Not sure if this counts, but the Hollywood King episodes are always fun. Love to hear y'all discuss the tea. Hollywood King is really fun. I have a good time on those. Yeah. Uh, breeziest yeah. King Reeve 2021. Later, until like that one page at the end that made you stop and go, oh man, <laughs> why did he go there? <laughs> I, I, no spoilers, I, but that's very true. I yeah. need to read it, man. Yeah, it, it's like a hard case crime book, right? It's like the Joyland, Colorado kid sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. I need to check this out. Um, toughest King Reed of 2021, Hearts of Hearts in Atlantis. It took forever to grasp my attention. Favorite King adaptation of 2021. I know it doesn't really count, but Mid Midnight Mass, the answer is Midnight Mass. Still haven't seen that either. <laughs> uh, favorite performance in the King adaptation from 2021, Owen Teague shares our opinion there. Oh. What is the one King-related event that you always associate with 2021? Uh, this is the year I got back into writing seriously, and I think Billy Summers was a huge part of it. Uh, congrats, nice. Jesse. That's really good to hear, for real. I uh, hope the writing is That's going awesome. well. Who, who wants to take uh, another one? Randall. Sure. Uh, Amanda Potter, listener, uh, she says her favorite episode was the Dark Tower pilot uh, slash the long watch on Shawshank with Rhett Miller. Favorite oh. King of Jason episode, Don Smokov, Lord of the Flies. Uh, hat tip to you, Mr. Caffrey. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, breeziest read, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon. Uh, the toughest read, The Regulators, which, yeah, that's a that's a weird yeah. ass book, man. <laughs> Um, favorite adaptation, Chapel Wait, but I'm still not sure it's a King adaptation, which is, I think, <laughs> definitely a valid Fair. thing to note. And favorite performance, Owen Teague. Uh, love to hear it. Man, Teague uh, oh, is King sweeping. King-related King event of 2021. She says, my King-related event isn't related to the pod, but my sister-in-law told me she wanted to start reading King. Always exciting. And asked me to pick her first book. I got her The Outsider because she is a true crime fan, and I thought that might hook her and Night Shift. Two good choices, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd say so. Night Shift, yeah. especially. Yes, perfect rep. Perfect for the first book. Uh, Jen, pick um, one out. I'm going to go to um, my girl, Emily Winter. And let's see, favorite 2021 episode, cheating and saying tied for first all the book ups. I can't choose. I had a hard <laughs> time choosing too. So I feel you there. Um, favorite King adjacent episode. The only answer is Castle Rock season three, yeah. episode one. Perfection. That's a tea, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Moses, um, smell the roses. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that in something the other day, but it was like genuine. It wasn't trying to be funny and it made me LOL. I can't remember what it was. It was something I was watching and someone said that. I was like, oh my God. Anyway, sorry to interrupt you. They must have listened. Um, Breeziest King read later. Great pace, creepy. And once I hit that moment, there was no question of finishing it in one sitting. Yeah. I mean, we're just teasing you, Dan. You got to read it. Is this this like the equivalent of the Barton Dawes champagne pop? What is is it? Oh, no, no, no. There's basically two things in later. There's a, a plot twist that's really like gripping and like surprising. And then there's an epilogue that is <laughs> absolutely like, baffling oh man Very i gotta read the this fuck, yeah yeah um and toughest king read definitely bag of bones a lot of nose wrinkling eye rolling and head scratching <laughs> while reading that one super fun ep about it though and and she says in parentheses everyone thought i was gonna say billy summers eh because she's <laughs> yeah. a notable um not billy summer stan um in our discord of- which you can join and debate our listeners yeah. about the quality oh, yeah. of billy summers so <laughs> Um, favorite adaptation, Lisey's story, though, to be honest, it's the only new one I watched, but I think it is very good with a perfect score. Favorite performance in an adaptation, Michael Pitt and Lisey just nailed it. Mm. And I agree with that. We didn't mention him earlier, but he was fantastic. Um, yeah. Follow very closely and runner up is the wedding band doing too late to turn back now. Yeah, that was really good. And way in the distance is last place. <laughs> our buddy Clive. Oh, on another level of the tower. My answer for this, I'm sure, is Paul Giamatti as Scotland. <laughs> Should have been cast, yeah. Yep. King related uh, 2021 I- <laughs> events. Uh, gotta be my COVID cabin fever fueled decision to pop into town for stand by me at the music box with y'all. Everyone was truly delightful. Also, you know that little no big deal day when SK himself shouted you out. When's he coming on the pod? 2022 is the year we finally need to find out if he likes the mask. <laughs> Oh, oh man oh man what a dumb oh. fucking bit we did on that one um <laughs> oh, we'll never God. die though it's <laughs> and super uh, honorable mention to the lobstrosities return to salem's lot up because that was funny as hell that's good oh, to yeah. hear that was really that's a sweet. fun one that's a fun one um i guess i will go with dave my son uh who just was a host our stephen king trivia night actually yeah. uh, which you can uh partake uh for seasonal activities next year on our on our patreon patreon.com slash the barons uh his favorite episode of 2021 the dark tower pilot review seems like a lot of people like the the, the combination there um we have a lot of tower heads i guess you also like the interview favorite king adjacent episode of 2021 a tie between lord of the flies and jurassic park Ooh, i guess he likes islands <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, breeziest King Reed of 2021 no surprise there later uh, toughest King Reed I think a lot of people I think Justin will certainly agree with this one my reread of Sleeping Beauties is a chore to say the least yes. Oof. That's uh, a, that. yeah that's a rough one still haven't read that's that a, one it's uh yeah You're looking uh, forward to it <laughs> I remember not I remember really it, it came in the office and I was like yes and I like started reading I was like no um, <laughs> not happening Justin here <laughs> uh favorite king adaptation of 2021 it was Lisey's story uh his oh wow a favorite performance in a king adaptation from 2021 Joan Allen and Dane DeHaan uh yeah. they both smashed it and what is the one king related event he'll always associate 
completing my collection of rainbow hotter editions. Uh, yeah, Dave is in the UK, so uh, he gets oh, a lot cool. of the cool variants and stuff. So um, jealous. Do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we right? talk about the uh, next year? Yeah, let's jump over to the next year. Um, you know, because as we mentioned, it is our fifth anniversary. Uh, and I gotta say, we have a, a rather serendipitous hook. Randall, you want to just drop the news? Just yeah. Go right uh, the this is, uh, I'd say tower heads rejoice. This is going to be a very dark tower heavy year as, uh, the way it was shaking out, uh, Wolves of the Kala, Song of Susanna and the dark tower, which all came out, you know, not back to back, but pretty close, uh, all lined up for the end of our year. So this whole year, we're going to basically be building up to covering those three books sort of in one, not one mad rush but a rush that will go across several months but will be very intimately deeply booted in the dark tower in midworld the dark tower universe it's going to be awesome and we've got a lot and the thing is this is as i talked about a lot in hearts king was writing a lot of uh sort of connective tissue books uh to connect uh to kind of flesh out certain ideas that were going to be in the dark tower books that he was working on so uh we get a little bit of that in low men and yellow coats which we already talked about but we're also going to be talking about black house and uh, from a Buick 8, which are both, uh, I would also call, like, Dark Tower side stories, which is going to be, and then, uh, oh, and then everything's eventual too, right? Yeah. we talking about that? Yeah. And then yeah. Uh, I know that there's Dark Tower tissue in that as well. So, so yeah, it's going to be a, a big tower year. So, uh, I, yeah. I got to. I got to um, get back to the books and kind of refresh myself. Hit, <laughs> hit the stacks. Yeah, it's going to be a tough year for Flieger. Uh, he's got a lot of Dark Tower business to go. But Jen, <laughs> why don't you list out all the titles we're covering? Because uh, I think that'll that'll be an exciting thing for all the listeners to hear. And we'll probably have like yeah. a little trailer or something like that in the socials. But yeah. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. There are some of my favorites and some of my least favorites on this list that I'm excited to revisit. Because, you know, like I said, I didn't like Lisey's story before I revisited it. So you never know. So we're going to be covering On Writing, Dreamcatcher, Black House, Rose Red, Everything's Eventual, From a Buick 8, Kingdom Hospital, Wolves of the Cala, Song of Susanna, and The Dark Tower. So lots of awesome stuff to talk about. Lots of books. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, a hell of a lot of adaptations. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. some adaptations too. Yeah. Which I'm excited about because I'm a sucker for Rose Red. I like that one. <laughs> I'm so excited to talk about Rose Red. <laughs> I'm really excited too. Like I, I've always seen the cover and I'm also really excited for Kingdom Hospital because I think my boy Andrew yeah. McCarthy's in that, right? Yeah. So Ooh, um, I'm suddenly more excited. <laughs> I know. Well, Caffrey, I just, I, I just got worried that you got a fax from Hollywood King on all the movies that we're going to be tackling. I did. It uh, just came in on the on the mojo. You can hear the, here's the, the papery sound effect. Yeah, it's coming out here. Uh, first, we have uh, Jurassic World Dominion that we're covering. I'm really excited. Oh, wait. Wrong list. <laughs> just kidding. Um, but maybe not. So um, <laughs> uh, we've, of course, I know Jen's excited about this one. We have Firestarter. Um, yes. I've so excited. still not seen the original Firestarter like in full in That's a really okay. long wow. time. So I, I'm excited. And hey, screenplay by my boy, Scott teams from Halloween kills, which, uh, oh, <laughs> I make my top wait. 10 this year. We'll see. So I'm excited <laughs> yeah. about that. Uh, directed by Keith Thomas. Uh, I got Zach Efron playing Andy McGee. Um, yeah. yeah so I'm, I'm ex- it's, it's funny. Cause at first I'm like, he's too young, but I'm like, no, he is about the age that, yeah, right crazy age, yeah. think. um, I, this is so funny. Cause I kind of forgot this is happening until we, sat down to prepare for the episode. We have an, a new adaptation of Sam's Lot coming out. Um, uh, the old Dob himself. Yeah, Bobby produced Dobby. by Doberman. Everyone, uh, I, I, I directed and written by Doberman. 
Look, I he worked on the new Swamp Thing, right? That's always like my go-to when I have to defend James Wan <laughs> or Gary Dauberman. Maybe he didn't. I don't fucking remember. No, I think he did work on the Swamp. He did, thing. yeah, yeah. He was writer and executive producer, and so I'm I'm excited for that. It sounds lots of my favorite King book. So, and like I said, I've I've enjoyed their work they've been putting out lately. Well, I didn't watch Malignant, so I, anyway, we have to go there. I need to watch it. So, um, then we have uh, Mr. Harrigan's phone, which is coming out. Well, I should be should I be giving the hard release date? And not I, not all these have hard release dates yet. Um, no, the, not all of them. The only one that really does is like Salem's Lot. Like even Firestarter hasn't been added to a calendar yet. Which yeah, is and I know um, movie dates right now are just kind of a moving target in general. Um, so yeah, we have a. It's gonna be a, a Blumhouse joint, I believe, right? The, uh, Mr. Joint. <laughs> I saw I saw it from Justin. I feel like Justin always says like a a, a, a Dauberman joint or something. We also to according to Wikipedia, Rat was optioned by Ben Stiller, who intends to produce, star, and direct. But I don't know if that means anything. So um, interesting. Yeah, I know. We, we I just, just wish. Right. <laughs> I just feel like you can't make a rat without the rat man. Oh, yeah. you can. He's RIP. Bring him back. No, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, we get what he is. Hey, that, Rick Avila. Hey, Mr. Harris. Well, sorry, I was about to yell a big spoiler. Oh, really? Oh, wait, we can spoil. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, maybe. Well, should we? I don't know. We can spoil some stuff, right? But uh, maybe not. No, no, um, no spoilers. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. <laughs> We've got now this. This I didn't. I had kind of forgotten that this came out already at Fantastic Fest and Beyond Fest. I think you said, Mike, is uh, The Black Phone, which is not a Stephen King story, but a Joe Hill story from uh, 20th Century Ghosts, I, which, Jen, you said that was one of your favorites. We talked about this a little yeah. bit, I think, on Chapway. I love that collection. I don't remember that story. That, I mean, I kind, I kind of did after you all talked about it, but, like, it's not one that sticks in my head, so I'm excited for this. And it's – um. By the Sinister team, right? Sarah, uh, yeah. Scott Derrickson, C. Robert yeah, Cargill. I can't and, uh, wait. Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I, I'm very excited. I fucking love Sinister, man. I think that is I like, do too. Me too. It's really good and really scary. Yeah, Sinister's good. I think it gets lumped in with a lot of lesser movies in that genre, and I think it is mm-hmm. such a terrifying uh, film. So it's merciless. I'm excited for that. It's because of the title. The, ti- the title, yeah. I think, is just such a blah title. It's like Malignant, yeah. Insidious, Sinister. And I, I like yeah. some of the Insidious yeah. stuff, okay. But um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's a very blah, blah title. And and this guy- Should be a- named Ethan Hawke wears a hot sweater. Watch it. <laughs> and There's Ethan a good Hawk. sweater game in that, in that movie. Yeah. Ethan Hawke like is like- excellent in Sinister. I mean, he's always good. He really like, is. He, he does like the internally tortured horror protagonist so well. So I'm excited for this. And this got like a very good reception, I think, at the festivals at screen. Yeah, it so, did, yeah. There's um, this a comically- like overwrought though like variety article where this guy's oh, like i'm typing this from behind i'm covering my eyes as i type this like kind of thing it's like covering all right dude eyes, you're like 40 yeah. years old calm down yeah oh, they're God. like the trailer is the scariest thing yeah, you'll, ever see. Scariest <laughs> thing you'll <laughs> ever see that's like, like calm down this is what makes me end up hating movies is because mm-hmm. you people don't shut yeah. up about it i i'm very excited to uh see this movie that, that was like when uh there was that tweet going around about i think it was either la weekly or the la times was talking about taylor swift's like 10 minute version uh yeah. of, the, of the song from red and it was like we've heard this and we are not okay and someone was like dude can you start acting like a legit journalistic publication out of a fucking 14 yeah. year old girl like come on and I, and I love i love i actually really like taylor swift a lot i liked her version of red but i'm just it's like we don't we don't need to like fall into puddles over ourselves about this stuff come on people anyway yeah. that's a little, yeah. little yeah, side there but i'm excited about about the black phone um <laughs> it's scariest movie ever yeah. but scariest trailer ever yeah. so we'll see <laughs> well scarily, movie ever, apparently. yeah let's see if it i, I hope it's scarier than the trailer that'd be wild um <laughs> <laughs> that'd i just be wild. Uh, 
it'd be wild. Uh, you know, could you could you imagine something topping a trailer? No, um, you know what? <laughs> no, for real, I think I am assuming this trailer is scarier than the movie, even though I haven't seen the movie. But I remember the the trailer was very scary. Was the Ring Two, where the where it's the girl sitting in the corner yes. of the well? I remember that trailer being so chilling. I hear that movie blows. I haven't seen it, so well, you watch it, awful. and you get a bunch of vicious deer. <laughs> I was, yeah. Oh, it's in that. I know. I know. Yeah, it's bizarre. I'm not a fan of the Ring Two. It's I remember the trailer movie. being so yeah. freaky to me, but um, but yeah, but it's. But I think that's it, right? I mean, we might get some. Yeah, no, that that's aren't it. Aren't announced yet, but uh, yeah, I think that's all we've got. There is that. Yeah, uh, there. There's like a new dollar baby of one for the road. That's not the guy we mm-hmm. talked to a while back. It's a new one that I think is is moving forward. Um, so maybe we'll have that coming out. Maybe there'll be some. Uh, well, there's Julia's. Um, uh, I was gonna I say yeah. Need. Speaking yeah. of dollar babies, that that one will be coming out for sure. Oh, um, yeah, we'll talk about yeah, those. I know what you need. Because that's like um, in the can. I mean, the footage wise, it's. I don't know if they're done editing, but it's in the can, right? Um, I mean, yeah, she, she, yeah, she it, said but... it was done. Yeah, I think yeah. they're doing like post now, so it should be out next year, which should be. I think she's looking for film festivals now, which is. Cool. I'm excited because that was filmed actually in King's Dominion. Yeah, Maine, that sounded so. super cool when she talked about that. Like in her, she her like staying in his dorm room inside. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Th- there are some TBDs though that it's really hard to kind of piece together because a lot of the stuff can get kind of thrown out there, like. I don't think anything has moved. I don't think there's been any movement with Lynn Ramsey's uh, The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon, which is <sighs> the most anticipated. I think, you know, there was a, a little bit of movement with From a Buick Gate from Thomas Jane's new production company. Um, you know, there's the been... The Long Walk, Andre Overdahl. Yeah, which has been like, you know... Don't know where had, that's at. I have yeah. no idea where, what's, what's going uh, with that. What's Thomas Jane's company called? Is like the Jane Train? <laughs> oh, he just wants his great. kids back. He just, <laughs> I just, I just want my kids back. back production. He just want my kids back. Uh, but looking, um, look, looking then, ahead, uh, though, like who's oh, Alex oh, Ross Perry it. has like two, the dark half, and then he had another one. So we haven't really just heard anything about any of those. Yeah, so. I, ne- I never get excited till they're actually filming it. There's so much of this yeah. stuff just never yeah. happens. Like, like we go the option, the screenplay, and it's like, okay, great. Um, yeah, I remember they were like Hulu was going to make a whole Eyes of the Dragon series, and that's right. like, and that got pretty strapped. much been taken off the table. Yeah. Do we, well, do we Josh really need Boone that? Either? Had like five properties. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is Boone, wait, what else is Boone attached to? Somebody's doing revival, right? Well, Flanagan was going to do revival, oh, and right. then it, and then he backed away from it. Well, there's something going on with Flanagan because, like, recently he was talking about how he is in, you know, in behind the scenes working on something that is pretty exciting, and everyone thinks it's the Dark Tower. I personally hope it's not the Dark Tower because I don't really want it's him the House Dark of Tower, Usher. I know he's working on some, that. He's working on that now, but I think he's he's I think mm, his follow up like, project is going to be King related again. And I think he kind of teased the Dark Tower. Like, that's what a lot of people are assuming. Um, because they, you know, and then it also kind of goes into, uh, you know, there was d- recently, like, someone was trying to do a Dark Tower a radio podcast, uh, you know, drama, audio drama. And um, then that got taken down. And they were saying that there's something in the works. So, like, I don't know. Oh, wait, I, that I, got taken down? Like, Flanagan well, said, get this shit off the internet. I don't know. It wasn't <laughs> Flanagan, but it was definitely, it was King's uh, raps were like, no, nah, you can't do this. And um, Flanagan sicked his sicked his tr- army of trolls on them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, he said, "All right, guys, uh, I, I, this, I have this no, little outfit." He's like, "Yeah, I'll kill them." <laughs> As he's German, all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah. So I don't know what it, what's going to be with there, but I mean, those are the essential ones that we have, uh, which gives us a lot to discuss because we have a lot of adaptations that are in conjunction with some of these books, with uh, including Dreamcatcher, which I can't wait to talk about that movie. Uh, um, I like Dreamcatcher. I'm, I. Uh, Oh man, stand. we gotta get your ear on it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, Mini Love is a is a an exaggeration, <laughs> but I like it better. I think than it's most. fun. I think it's fun too. Oh, yeah. totally. 
Well, what's your book? What's the book that, you know, real quick for everyone, what book are you most excited for in the, this year? I'm, uh, um, dr- I said Dreamcatcher, <laughs> Buick 8, and, uh, is Rose Red was like, it wasn't a proper book, was it? It was like, no, a promotional I think it was just thing. a screenplay. They, yeah, they released yeah, the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. Like Storm of the Century. Yeah, both yeah, so those. I'm excited for those three, though. Just be, you guys know, you guys know how I fucking roll. You know, I like to. <laughs> I like the weird shit. I like uh, mm-hmm. I like revisiting the stuff that people don't like to or people don't talk about that much, you know, like like doing regulators like which was actually a big disappointment for me because I was like so looking forward to talking about the regulators. So I'm like, nobody talks about the regulators. But then I read it and I was like, I can kind of see why people don't talk about the regulators, yeah. <laughs> you know, like and so. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited to do Dreamcatcher just because I I think it's a, it's kind of a weirdly revealing book for King because, you know, he wrote it in such a tumultuous time. And I think that there's a lot of uh, I don't know, there's like a lot of darkness and, and clouds around that time of his life, like when he worked on it. Like I always think about how he wanted to call the book Cancer. And, uh, t- and Tabby was like, nobody's going to buy a book called cancer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to revisiting that because I think, I think we got kind of another glimpse of, of like opioid King, you know, and it's, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. it's an odd thing. And then, um, Buick Gate, I just remember thinking was an awesome book and, uh, and I'm just cannot wait to talk about that one. So that's my answer. Caffrey, what were you, uh, uh yeah, I was, catcher? I was, uh, well, I, I am excited to talk about Dreamcatcher, but I was going to say a, a Buick from a Buick Gate. I've always loved that book. I, I don't know. Do people detest that book or do they just kind of not talk about it? I, I feel polarizing. like it's yeah, because, I know a lot of people hate it. Yeah, I don't like it. I, yeah, you know, like, yeah, because I feel like it's all for me. It's almost more like it feels like a chamber play or something. It's kind of in one place the whole time, which it, and yeah, I think yeah. I think it does take a hard left turn. No pun intended. Um, yeah, because it's about a car. Well, but it's not about a car. I remember when I first when it, it is about a car, but I remember when I first read it. <laughs> It's also just about dudes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's about say it's about the, it's about the cops, you know. No, yeah. no, but I I remember when um, troopers. I I remember when I was on uh or, or when when I was first reading, I thought it was gonna be like Christine or something, and it is so not that, which I love. I mean, for me, it's really, I know it's almost. I'm not saying it's on the level of this book, but it does have some 1122 energy about like, oh, should I use this thing or not? Um, that's yeah. all I'll say about it. I was I was on uh um Randall you were on, you, you were on the last writing podcast right a while back yeah 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 when I w- when I was on um earlier this year he uh we talked about like you know least favorite king books and his was from Buick Eight and I was like man I, I feel like that book just uh gets that uh, we 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 you know good naturedly debate it for a little bit but uh yeah I feel like that's it's just it's a bad uns- rap an unsung book it gets a bad rap much like those criminals that the state troopers are putting away at <laughs> Barracks D in that novel so I'm excited <laughs> for it and I think I think it's also more of a um a little bit more of a straightforward uh, creature feature type horror novel than people would think it is. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to defend hey, give that. Give me one. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited for it now. You got me, you two got me excited for this. Uh, you started your engine. engine. Yeah. I want to say, I was going to say, I want to say constant listeners, start your engines. Uh, uh, beep beep, Dan. Um, <laughs> Jen, what about you? What, what book are you most excited for? Um, well, the one that I'm for real most excited for is Everything's Eventual. I love that book. It's got some of my favorite short stories in it, um, so I can't wait to talk about it. But I am I'm excited to revisit Dreamcatcher and Buick 8 because Dreamcatcher is at my very bottom of King List, and Buick 8 is probably in my la- like 
last 10. Like, I'm not a fan of either of those. But like I said, Lisey's story was down there, too. And I really turned around on it. And I think, like, when I read Dreamcatcher and Buick 8, I was reading them. I was trying to get through this chronological reread. I think I had, like, just had my second kid. So I was just not really in a place to connect with a book, you know. And so I, I don't know if I gave them a fair shot. So I'm looking forward to revisiting them, knowing that I'm going to talk about them and analyze them and, you know, give them more of a shot than I think I did before. But but everything's eventual. And then on writing is one of my favorites. Oh, too, yeah, on writing's so. so good. Yeah, Which, on writing of, is the one for me. It's so good. Okay, so my real quick, my work team like they got us all books that they thought we would like which I think is just the coolest Christmas present ever and they got me on writing horror which is another it's not on writing but Stephen King has an essay like his acceptance speech when he won the National Book Award and it's all I think it must have been inspired by on writing but so I'm looking forward to reading that too but on writing is just That'd be cool. yeah I feel like on writing is the book on Adam on on uh, the last writing podcast talked about this too I feel like it's the book that get, weirdly gets the most respect even from non-King fans because it there yeah. really is no other book like it in terms because I feel like a lot most writing books are kind of corny. Oh, this is what you do. You sit down for however many hours this day at this time, do that, whatever. And I feel like it just more talks about the mindset you have to get in and then really reflects mm-hmm. it through his own experiences too. And also too, what's going to be exciting about this year is this coming off of Dreamcatcher and and on writing all these other books we're going into the years where King had to teach himself how to write again, which I think is a super yeah. interesting period for him after his uh, near fatal car accident back in the two thousands or whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like a Rocky moment, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we're going to have like, a bunch of montages. I, I just yeah. watched that, uh, that step-by-step goes to Disney world uh, episode because <laughs> of the, the podcast, the ride that y'all recommended. <laughs> And the whole ro- the whole riff of that the Cody replacement Flash like do- he does like a Rocky riff of going on all the Disney rides. Flash, and, oh my God. God, he's only in four episodes. It's so weird. Anyway, that whole other go listen to podcast the ride. Uh, yeah, they have a series on TGIF episodes that went to Disney World. So. Yeah, they uh, Robin and Free have been standing them for a while, and, and all of us got into it. And, uh, anyway, Flash, great character. <laughs> well. I, I echo everyone here. I'm I'm really excited for Everything's Eventual just because I love when we can rank these shorts, you know, the short stories and and go into that and do the countdown. I just th- those episodes are always fun, um, and so I'm really excited to do that again. And on writing, yeah, I mean, I'm still debating if I'm going to do on that episode. I you know, and I I write here and there, but I you know I, I do come from like a master's in writing, so I should probably talk about it a little bit. But there is a part of me that's like anxious about talking about it but i'm very excited to read it and because i've all i've heard about is just great things my aunt linda who god bless her like she sends me books all the time she sent me like three copies of it like and so i've like i'm like okay i get it i need to read this fucking book <laughs> but um so I'm, I'm very excited for that one um and also Dreamcatcher because like i mean i started reading it when it first came out because i wanted to read it before the movie and i remember like halfway through being like what the fuck is going on and then i just like (laughs) i just threw the book and i was like i don't want to read this anymore and so i'm excited to go back and see where i'm at with it and and maybe like it some more i i I don't know we'll see but um i do think that there's a lot to love in that with what i remember and also with the movie and not to mention it gets us back to dairy and it's that's kind of cool too so um I don't know. Be fun, fun season. I think it'll be uh, full of events. Uh, if we were to pick one thing that we think is probably going to be like the most talked about thing in King's Dominion this year, real quick, 
Like, do we think it's gonna be Salem's Lot or do we think Firestarter? <laughs> Firestarter. I, I, I was gonna. I mean, and just for me, I'm gonna talk about it more than anybody. <laughs> I, I was gonna say Salem's Lot, but then I thought Firestarter. I think I feel like there's just more buzz around that one, and there seems to be more, maybe more concrete details about it. And I think because, like, I really like the idea of Firestarter as a movie, but I feel like we haven't gotten a really awesome adaptation, you know. And and I think with yes. Stranger Things, because wasn't the whole thing of Stranger Things, people are like, oh, Eleven is like Charlie mm-hmm. from oh, Firestarter. Totally. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's the most in conversation and what's happening with King's um, successors right now. So yeah, I, I was thinking Firestarter as well. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Randall? What do you think is going to be the? Bonus? I think it's going to be Salem's Lot. I yeah. I think, uh, well, I mean, I hope it's Firestarter because didn't the guy who directed, he did The Vigil, right? Yeah. yeah. And The Vigil's really good. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. very good horror movie, whereas Doberman makes, you know, puke. <laughs> no, no, I'm just being an asshole. No, I, uh, I don't well, know. Well, we're definitely going to get on the press tour next year. Uh, I'm really excited. <laughs> um, I remember what, what episode was it? We were talking, I think it was either we were talking Doberman or Akiva Goldsman. And I think I was like defending them, and I, you, I think it was you, Randall. You, you were like, "Look, he is what we call a hack. He just like, <laughs> it's like one of the very first episodes." Oh, so I, I can't. I think it was Akiva, maybe not. not yeah, not Akiva's episode. the ultimate yeah. Hollywood hack. I'm just kidding. Yeah, but no. Uh, but anyways, Salem's Lot, I think, is going to be either a huge. Cr- I mean, I hate it when people say stuff like that. It's either going to be good or it's going to be bad, you know, but it's like, uh, I'm just curious. I feel like it has the potential to be a big horror thing in the same, uh, you know, vein as it, uh, like have that same level yeah. of buzz, that same level. And I mean, Salem's Light is just such a cool, straightforward vampire story. It's very easy to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's such a good, simple story that riffs on Dracula in such cool, exciting ways. And so that to me, I think is kind of a slam dunk, uh, Firestarter to me, I just get, I, I hope it'll be good because I like the talent behind it. Um, but even the thing is, stars don't sell movies anymore ip sells movies and yeah. salem's lot is just stronger ip than firestarter and even having zach efron like it doesn't matter if you have zach efron anymore i mean look at yeah. look at uh, nightmare alley every star yeah. in the world is in that movie and nobody went to go see it and so mm-hmm. it's like stars just don't sell stuff anymore so even though having I efron in the, it uh... i think is a big get um i just i don't think that's going to be the thing you know i just hope it doesn't yeah. end up on netflix or something i hope it gets like a theater release Oh, it will. Yeah. It will. yeah. yeah. I, I always think yeah. I always think of the Tom Cruise mummy as like, yeah, the ultimate. Uh, and that oh. was years ago at this point now, like that, the, his presence. And he's like the ultimate box office star. Right. But just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Still is, too. I mean, it's that's the thing that's crazy is like, you know, he still top lines those those major things. Like, to be fair, though, Mission Impossible is an IP in itself. So whatever. But yeah, right. Hey, well, I, I also. I think it's like like he was in Jack Reacher and those movies were just a lot less successful than Mission Impossible. Yeah. I think Mission Impossible yeah. is the draw there. You know, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I but the one thing that I think should be said about Salem's Lot that I've been seeing a lot over the last year, um, certainly with you know Midnight Mass, but also with just the kind of resurgence with like Twilight and stuff. I think vi- vampires are in vogue again, and they're yeah. and I think that this is going to come at a time similar to what we saw five years ago with it, where it's just going to hit at the right place at the right time. Um, yeah. You know, and if it's and any think, good, then then that'll just catapult it even more. But um, and sorry, I think Jenna, not just no, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in, but not just vampires are back, but like mean vampires, you know, like mm-hmm, villainous exactly. vampires, yeah. you know, and I think like coming off of Midnight Mass, I think it is going to hit at a good time, you know. Yeah. 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 I just hope he doesn't do sexy vampires. 
Yeah, I don't think he will, but we'll see. Um, well, it depends knows? on who the vampires are. Yeah. I would be Danny okay yeah. with some, some sexy vampire. Danny Glick comes to, to the window and he's no. like ripped. He's, he's a god. Not sexy to, child vampire. He's trying to no. put a stake through this heart. It's like. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. This I got a stake for you. It's like so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got Danny a big Glick. wooden stake. Wait, wait. So I, I didn't realize this, but, you know, because for the longest time we were trying to figure out who William Sadler's playing, he's playing Kurt Barlow. No shit. Really? Yeah, he'll be, that's a great choice for Kurt Barlow. That's great casting. I was yeah. not expecting that. Yeah. I thought and he was going to play like, uh, I don't know, like a supporting, you know, like a the garbage man ben or Mears. something. <laughs> ben I would love him. Well, well, the guy sexy, from Game of Thrones. We get sexy yeah. William Sadler. As Bar- they just make Barlow like a total <laughs> sex symbol. It's William Sadler. Oh, God, yeah. he just is like whipping his dick out every second. Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I watch it. Yeah. Well, Pilo, Pilo Asback is, is Richard Straker. So he is a hunk. You know, he's like the hot version of Michael Shannon. Um, so, Ooh. you know, um, it's like a bear. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I do like that when you hover over Kurt Barlow and Richard Straker, it's just the same photo of the vampire from Salem Slot 1979. <laughs> <laughs> so they're both. It's like, oh, the same character. Um, anyway, uh, anyone else have any other uh, differing opinions for the event next year? Or, uh, we want to wrap this well, up. Well, hopefully it's when King tweets about us again this time. Oh, yeah. yes. You know, he's like, I really loved, uh, you know, your discussions on the ebooks, and um, you know, I really did think that Y2K was going to be a big thing. Uh, yeah. Speaking now, but, uh, of our, we're going to be talking about in January. I'm calling it Y2 King. Uh, isn't that clever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about I like the it. I like that. Yeah. I we're too. talking about the plant, and we're talking about riding the bullet, and those were both digital releases in a time when people didn't really do digital releases. So very excited to talk about those. I have very fond memories of the plant specifically. So. Yeah, and and honestly, if you haven't noticed, uh, we've we're trying to get a little thematic with our months now. Uh, you know, like last month we got lost in the '60s, like Bertram and uh, the Sandlot <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with when we were covering Hearts in Atlantis. You know, we did dedicated all our features to that, especially within our Patreon uh, to that book, and we're trying to keep that theme going. So you know, with this month, like. Um, you know, we are going to do Y2 King and a lot of that's going to, we're going to be doing like a commentary for Lawnmower Man and we're going to be revisiting, uh, revisiting. We're going to be talking about, uh, Lawnmower Man 2, Job's War. Um, <laughs> can't even say that with a straight face, uh, for a Lobstrosities episode. So that there's a unity there, you know, and some synergy. And, um, that's what we're going to try to kind of carry through throughout the year. You know, we'll have Dark Tower detours in, 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 a, in conjunction with a lot of the Dark Tower books we have and um, Souls Midnights that could possibly tie in with, uh, you know, some of the books that we, we cover and same thing with our archi- archival series. So um, I think that'll that'll make for a really cohesive year and make a little more impact and add some more depth for the books. But um Oh my God! Six seasons. I can't fucking believe it. I cannot believe we're five years six, into six, this. Six, six, six. The devil. Six, six. The devil. Remember when uh, the Omen remake was released on June six, two thousand six, and that's like all anyone knew about the remake. They're like, oh, that was pretty yeah. clever, though. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, know. I feel like you see that date, you have to remake the. Omen oh, you have board. to. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Liev Schreiber in that? Yeah. yeah. I watched it recently. It's not bad. Nice. Yeah, it seemed like yeah. it was he serviceable. Just, he, I um, yeah. who played who played Damien Justin Bieber? <laughs> Justin Bieber. <laughs> it was Justin uh, Bieber actually. Oh uh, lord. I, um, they made him short like in the Hobbit, you know. I just I just look <laughs> Sorry, I'm imagining that now. I looked I looked up um I looked up the Sandlot uh, just cuz to see what that kid's name is played Bertram and the fourth like <laughs> 
FAQ, the fourth like frequently asked question on Google is, is the Sandlot scary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think the the dog, the Cujo dog in that was scary. Yeah. 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 Um, what if there's, <laughs> somebody should do a supercut of the, of the, the Sandlot with Cujo. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's good. I'm surprised they've done that. Yeah. Hey, I'm listener. sure, I'm sure it's somewhere out there, but whatever. Um, all right. Well, look, uh, we got a exciting month ahead. I we already kind of detailed what we're we're doing. Do we miss anything, Randall? Like, is there anything else that we got? No, I don't think so. I think you covered it. All right, Jen. What's going on over at Psychoanalysis this month? Well, um, in January, our theme is addiction, and so we are going to be covering the addiction um, from 1995, and then we're going to be covering the director's cut of Doctor Sleep, which I am nice. very excited Holy about. Um, love that movie, and also Rachel Reeves, fellow loser, is going to be stopping by to talk about Predator, which oh. I'm also very excited about. Ooh, and Predator. you should make sure you check out our Block Swan episode with one Michael Rothman. On it, hey. I think that is a good episode as well. And you know, go back and check out our Trolls Two episode with Randall. Trolls and, Two, <laughs> and our Wait. Gremlins episode with Dan. <laughs> I, I, I forgot for a second why the, the Randall did Troll Two. <laughs> oh yeah, I love uh, Troll Two. Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Caffrey, uh, what is up over at uh, Halloweenies in January? Um, Halloweenies in well, the big one is uh, Five Cream coming out in a few weeks. Ooh, Just in time in a few weeks. Yeah, that's that's what we call it over there. Five Cream. Have, that is disgusting. Yeah. Have they? spelled it with the five and cream or do we just do that that's just us, no right? we well the crew the cast and crew joked about it behind the scenes and then <laughs> we were like yeah Hollywood. that's fucking genius like because it is scream five like that's what it is like let's not hide the fact that it's i mean every one of the other movies has a fucking number in it why do I, know, they, I, yeah. hate, I hate this whole just you know halloween you know again oh god yeah. me too it started you know what it started with it started with which i love this movie rocky balboa I feel mm -hmm. like because then they also did John Rambo, which they weren't identical to the original titles, but they were like kind of similar, you know. And then I feel like it gradually just came to yeah, just name it the what the old movie is. I hope we, I do hope we get away from that pretty soon. I think it's a stupid trend. Uh -huh. What if it's, what if the next Indiana Jones Wolverine. is just Indiana Jones? Yeah, Wolverine did it too. Yeah. It probably yeah. will be Mike. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, like mm -hmm. oh god, no, it's, so, it's, like, it's, it'll be it'll be just be called Indy or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. But at least that's different. Uh, yeah. You know? oh, man. But, uh, It'll be called Time to Fucking so Retire. <laughs> I know. You just gotta <laughs> that that's uh, the tagline on the poster. <laughs> yeah, right. Tired looking uh Harrison Ford. <laughs> it's like I am too old for this shit, which is why it's being delayed a year because I fucking got hurt because I'm eight oh. years old and I'm not swinging Tom around. Cruise, god damn it. Um, yeah, seriously. I mean uh, Harrison Ford, like no joke, he's like eighty, right? Like I'm not making yeah, that that's he's so old. That's not like an exaggeration. He will be eighty years old when this movie comes out. Yeah, by the time Top Gun comes out, we're gonna have like like Tom Cruise will be sixty, um, which I don't even think they allow that in the Air Force. Um, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like you have to be in the tower when. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, the Navy. They, if they made like a line to address that, they're like, you know, Maverick, we usually don't let you do this, but you're just such a good <laughs> fucking pilot. We had to make an exception. God. <laughs> that movie is never coming out. Oh, it's not. It was supposed to come out like what two years ago or something like, like that. Two years ago. Unreal. It's so funny because I've I've I watch a lot of shitty reality TV, and I've seen two now, two seasons of shows that were supposed to have Top Gun. Uh, 
like ads like that but they were already in place so they still did the the promotion like they still brought in the actors for a movie that's still not coming out for like another oh, six wow. months because when they filmed it it was supposed to still come out at that one date it's very funny to watch what's yeah, it miles for- teller is gonna have like uh some he's gonna still look like he's like 40 years old uh when he's like <laughs> mm-hmm. doing promo for it now well that's like the ghostbusters uh like yeah. what's mckenna grace looks is like she went from what like 13 to 16 between exactly when she filmed this and when it came out that's a big difference you know total big difference yeah for like a second the stranger it, things four is like same thing like that's yeah, you know, oh, yeah they're gonna rent so. that for it, it's called um it's called Maverick, right? The, it's a new yes. Top Gun movie. I thought Top I was, Gun Maverick. I was googling yeah. it. And I yeah. kept typing in Top Guns. Like I thought it was called Top Guns. <laughs> that, <laughs> would be, that, would that would be cool. It's that, called the Top Gun. It looks yeah. like there's a reality show called Top Guns that's hosted by Colby Donaldson uh, from Survivor. One of one of the. Uh, I love Colby. Colby's great. He's great. He's great. Always so funny on Curb. I love it. But uh, but anyway, was he the Survivor? The the the, the in the, the yeah. Holocaust yeah. Survivor. Oh my god! <laughs> so when he's like, it's like we weren't given food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they oh man, it's so funny. But anyway, yeah, we're doing uh, uh, five, five cream uh, <laughs> for, over at Halloween. Over at I love Halloween. it. I love yeah. it. Five cream led us to fucking Colby Donaldson somehow. I know. Survivor yeah. somehow, and then, yeah. and then he just effortlessly brought us back. Um, hey, a little. Uh, uh, they, uh, right I, there's a lot of five creaming going on over the hunk Colby Donaldson. <laughs> he's he's. A, well, I think most handsome survivor uh, of the history in the history of Survivor. Uh, and you've seen him like, even over Rudy. I haven't. No, I dude. I'm. I'm and we're in season 23. We got like 19 seasons to go still. <laughs> I guess that's true. Is Rudy like, did Rudy from Survivor die? He died uh, did, pretty recently. I think like last year or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good. he's old. <laughs> he, hey, you don't know, uh, know who he's not that much older than Harrison Ford, probably. Let's see. How, <laughs> oh, that's true. How old is Rudy Bosch from Survivor? Ooh. Let's see. He, this man. Yeah. This man. Bosch, King's Dominion. Yeah. yeah that's- <laughs> Rudy, Rudy Bosch was, all right. He was 91. But still, Harrison Ford's fucking okay. 80. Harrison Ford's <laughs> life well lived. Well, Harrison Ford will be 91 when he stars in, in the Disney Plus series that comes out. Yeah, in yeah. Right, like yeah. You know, like, oh, it's about Sala. He's just going to um, be slumped over in a chair with like, with a khaki yeah, vest on. <laughs> Book of Indy. And he's going to be like reading stories as a 91-year-old. Um, all right. We got to close this episode. Well, you can see five years in, nothing has changed. We're still a bunch of fucking assholes with microphones. So I'm looking forward to season six. I think we got a lot of energy going into this year. I think this is a great first episode. Once again, we can't thank you enough, constant listeners, for all the support and love you've shown us over the years. I mean, I I don't think we'd be still doing this all this year, all these minutes, all these many years later. Um, I mean, it, this started as a lark. Let's not forget. You know, we've all sat around being like, really, all we do is talk about King. Let's just get behind the mic. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it'll end up like Radiohead's uh, our prior show to this, um, which <laughs> our eventually show will, that you refuse to publish to our Patreon. It will be on Patreon <laughs> by demand and, uh, only because those episodes are crazy. But uh, so if you want them, go into Discord and let us know. Radioheads, Radioheads, Radioheads. But um, look, pat yourself on the back because you've been with those, especially those who've been with us since January 2017. Um you know, you brought us here today and, um, I can't stress that enough. So, um, and, you know, and while the road has certainly been winding and the journey jaw, jaw droppingly unpredictable, um, I think it's safe to say that the soil in our hearts is stonier than ever. So let's close this out. Here's to five more years over long days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights.
This is the end of our show. For now. Tune in next week. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, and more. <laughs>